When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. Former President Trump is vowing to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court after Colorado's high court ruled he is not eligible to be on the state's ballot because of his role in January 6th. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end... They're not after me, they're after you. The ruling is based on the 14th Amendment. It bars certain people from holding office if they engaged in insurrection or rebellion or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But the full wording of the amendment is under scrutiny because it does not specify the president. It only specifies certain elected officials and, quote, officers of the government. From an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies or let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. There's no question about it. None. There is a question, moron. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Meanwhile, Trump is urging the U.S. Supreme Court to not move too fast on the issue of presidential immunity in his federal election interference case. Yeah, so the Supreme Court is weighing whether or not to accommodate special counsel Jack Smith's request to basically rule on this issue before the U.S. Court of Appeals does in Washington, D.C., because that's where this appeal currently is set to be considered. Uh, there's oral arguments scheduled for the U.S. Court of Appeals here in D.C. Uh, for January 9th. Ninth, but Trump is saying in his response to the court, take your time with this. There, there's no reason to rush something like this. He does have potentially some legal standing here when I talk to different legal experts about this, because it is very rare for the U.S. Supreme Court to ultimately take a case from a lower court that just simply has not decided this matter yet. So we'll ultimately wait to see if the justices take this up at all. And if they do, do they move fast or do they wait? We'll have to wait to see how it plays out. A major prisoner swap between the U.S. and Venezuela. Ten Americans, including several the U.S. considered wrongfully detained, were released from that South American country today in exchange for a close ally of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, a leader who himself is under U.S. indictment for narco-trafficking. As part of the deal, an American fugitive known as Fat Leonard, who fled the country before being sentenced for his role in a bribery and corruption case, will be sent back to the U.S. to face justice. The deal is one step in President Biden's latest efforts to improve relations with Maduro's Venezuela after offering sanctions relief this fall. That country is the source of the largest migrant crisis in the Western Hemisphere, directly impacting the U.S. border. This year, we're, we're honoring two people. We're honoring Ron Duguay, who I know is a good friend of yours. But who else? Who else you honor besides Ron Duguay? Who's the second guy? The second guy, it's very important you show up because the second guy is going to be you. What? We're honoring, we're honoring Ron Duguay and Steve Rosenberg. No, you're not. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Stevie, stop, stop. You being serious? I'm telling you, we're announcing it right now live. 
It's Ron and you, baby. Come on. Yep. For yep. real? Absolutely, because of your great support of the police, and we know that. Oh, my Everybody God. knows that. Oh, my God. And so this year, we're, uh, we're, we're honoring both of you guys. You're going to come, you know, it's going to be great. Juan Duguay's girlfriend is Sarah Palin, and I love Sarah Palin. So he says, hey, uh, Sid, by the way, Sarah wanted you to see this. She said that his take on Israel is right on. Using his influence for good in the matter is appreciated. He had balls to get out there early and voice support. He did not wait to see which way the winds were blowing. Instead, he helped direct the wind, Sarah. So I'm going to talk to Dukes here because I love Dukes, and he's my favorite ranger ever, even ahead of Mark Messier. But I have a special place for his girlfriend, Sarah Palin, right about now. Doogie, what's going on, brother? Hey, good morning, Sid. Yeah, those were really kind words and accurate words from Sarah this morning because I'm talking to her. She's on her way to New York now. We're going to meet each other. She will be there at the ball. She's excited to see you. Love is real. Trust me, Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, one of the greatest rock and roll songs and albums of all time. Born to Run. And that's how we start this Thursday morning, our second to last show of 2023. Good morning, New York City. Just before 6.10, it is cold out there. It'd be cold in the morning in New York here in uh, December. But that's okay. We got, uh, as I said, two more shows, and then we're all going to Boca. Actually, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going uh, to Crystal Springs in New Jersey. That's it for me. I'm not sure what the rest of my team is doing. But you got us today. You got us tomorrow. And then I think that's it. I don't think any of my crew will be here until January 2nd of 2024. I know Lou won't be here. They may uh, get Justin here. I doubt it, but we'll talk to Justin later on. And Noam is actually off today. He's here all week next week. And we've got uh, the great Jim Flippin filling in this morning. And a lot in that open, a lot of Donald Trump. If you love Donald Trump like I do, 
Fox News starts this morning talking about Trump widening his lead over the rest of the GOP hopefuls in Iowa, that Iowa caucus, now just a few weeks away. Remember uh, months and months and months and months ago when I was yelling at everybody on this show, everybody, everybody who kept telling me it's not over, Ah, you're still months away from Iowa. Don't discount Ron DeSantis. Don't discount Nikki Haley. Heck, way back one, people even floated the name Tim Scott. And I'm no genius. Trust me, I'm not. I'm your everyday average guy. Talented, yes. But genius, no. And I said right after Donald Trump, once his feet hit the ground in East Palestine, Ohio, It's over. After every indictment, Judge Napolitano said to join me this morning, Arthur Idala looked to, at the very least, stem my enthusiasm. I kept saying the same thing. It's over. At no point did I back down. At no point did I say, well, you're right. We got some time. It's over. I've been saying that for months. And all he keeps doing, Trump, is widening his lead. Last week, Nikki Haley, she's surging. No, she didn't. She may have surged ahead of Ron DeSantis in New Hampshire. That's not surging. She's like a 1,000 points behind Donald Trump. And the most recent numbers coming out on Fox News just moments ago for Iowa have Nikki Haley at 16%, Ron DeSantis 18%, Donald Trump, 52%. Folks, it's not close. The primaries are not close. The states are not close. It's over. And again, not that I'm Nostradamus, to quote, talking about Stephen Van Zandt, Gandolfini, and Steve Sharippa, but I did say months and months ago and refused to accept anything less that Trump's the guy. Now the only question is, how badly does he beat that asshole Joe Biden? Wow. You can't call the president of the United States that. Where's the respect for the office, Sid? I don't have it. Not for this guy. Not for this guy. You heard that uh, audio we played at the top of the open where, oh, uh, no question about it, that's an insurrection. We'll leave it up to the 14th Amendment in the courts, but of course there's a question about it, you moron. In fact, Joe Biden, the definition of the word insurrection does not apply here because these people did not show up at the Capitol with weapons. It was not an insurrection. As I've explained time and time again, and I know you know better, on any given night, In the summer of 2020, when you burn down a police station, that's an insurrection. That's what happened in Minneapolis. Beating on cops, spitting on cops, taking guns to the streets, beating up innocent people, having dinner. On any given night in any one of our major cities during the summer of 2020, that was an insurrection. What happened on January 6th was an embarrassment It was a blemish. It was clearly Donald Trump's worst day, not because he incited anything, 
which he hasn't been charged with, only because if you're going to be fair about it, you can criticize him and say he waited too long to react. That is where the criticism begins and ends. That's it. He was not charged by Jack Smith with inciting an insurrection, which let me tell you, Jack Smith was dying to charge him with. But it doesn't exist. So what do you mean, Joe Biden? It's 100% there, right there. We saw it. No, we didn't. But Joe Biden right now will say anything. The Democrats will say anything because it's over. It's over, folks. They're not going to win. Donald Trump is going to win. This country has had enough. We've had enough. Now, look, my holiday season is still going pretty well, (laughs) despite the mayor, this city. When you look back at the year that was 2023 for Eric Adams, his second year in office, and I know he was on with John and Weedy yesterday. He's, uh, to me, he's getting like Joe Biden. I don't care what he says. He still beats his chest, talks about how lucky we are to have him as the mayor, how he's the guy to fix it. Let me say this to Eric. He's a friend of mine. Year two of your mayorship was a disaster. It wasn't bad. It wasn't okay. It was a disaster. If year three looks anything like year two, you will be compared to Bill de Blasio. People right now are afraid to do that because de Blasio was so bad, and after eight years, everybody labeled him as the worst mayor in New York. But 2023, if you're going to be fair for Eric Adams, was as bad, if not worse, than any of the eight years de Blasio had. I know he was lazy. He hated the cops. I know all that. I'm not a fan of de Blasio. He's a crook. His wife is a crook. But Eric Adams, he is dangerously close to that de Blasio level. So I didn't listen yesterday because I don't care. I want to see results. You know, my holiday season I talked about is uh, going okay. I didn't make it last night to the company Christmas party. Although I heard it was a good time. I'm sure it was. I was there last year. It was great. John, Margot, Chad, Emily, it was great. So instead, last night, my daughter's home, and for the first time in months, Danielle, Sydney, Ava, and Gabriel went out together. And we joined my dear friend Anthony Carone in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. My son Gabriel loves the Knicks, so do I. And we watched the Knicks blow out the Nets. Blew them out. 121-102. The Knicks are now 16-11. and As we speak, they're the five seed in the Eastern Conference, right behind Orlando with Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston just ahead of them. And they're good. Randall had 23, uh, 26, I should say. My man Dante put in 23. Brunson had a good game. They're good. And they blew out the Nets in a big, big way. And it was fun. And that, of course, makes way for tonight. And tonight, the holiday season continues with one of the great nights I may ever have. We'll see. But as you heard in the open from both Stephen Van Zandt and former New York Ranger great Ron Duguay, the annual Stephen Van Zandt's Policeman's Ball, which is a beautiful event 
at the lovely Mandarin Hotel here in New York City. Gary U.S. Bonds performs live. They've got other acts as well. And Stevie usually hops on stage, too. All he is is little Steven from the E Street Band. And they decided this year, after honoring Anthony's brother Frank Carone last year, to honor me and Ron Duguay this year. You've heard about this for weeks. I know it. But tonight it's finally here. And what I'm really excited about is the fact that my guy, my right-hand man, kind of like um, Kanicki and Danny Zuko in Greece, my sidekick on this show and the brilliant Hall of Famer Lou Rufino and his lovely significant other MJ are coming tonight too. So I'm happy that Lou is going to be there to enjoy this tonight for two reasons. First of all, Lewis and I are very close, and if I am uh, doing something nice, I'm happy he can see it. But secondly, Lou is a huge Bruce Springsteen, Stevie Van Zandt fan, and I know that this is a big thrill for Lou and MJ tonight. Incredibly big. I can't, immeasurable, actually. He does, um, he has, that underground garage channel is probably by far the best music station that you can listen to. Is that right? Oh, it's so well done. He's got great people on it, including himself, of course. And uh, somebody who's really good, you'd be surprised, on Friday nights is Drew Carey. I'm not surprised. No. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know whether you had tuned in. I mean, he's fine. He, yeah. he did okay as the, uh, as the host of Price is Right. Right. He's but still he's, doing that, I yeah. guess. But it's a fun show. It's cool. He picks good music. I mean, that's just an example of how good the channel is and throughout the day. But what got... bands does he play on that channel? Besides his own, I guess. You, you mean Little Steven? Yeah. On that uh, channel, on the Underground Garage, these are like he's, these are garage bands. Well, he these plays, are like show bands. Yeah, well, he is. He first of all, it's a, a innovative uh, new bands he finds and they present them in a way like coolest songs of the week. And you discover new bands that are just pure rock and roll most of the time. Love that. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. his, and plus he gives um, significant moments of history in and around the time period when a lot of songs have come out. Kind of like what you do on this show. Well, just something like that. That's why I, I enjoy it. It's it's very cool. It's educational. Yeah. You know, and uh, like the other people who are on, they educate you. Like uh, You know what I'm thinking as you're, as you're telling me all this is? That you're just starting to drift off. No, no, this no. is great. But I'm thinking maybe you should wear a condom under your tuxedo tonight. Okay. Well, <laughs> you are like really excited to see Stevie. I love this. This is great. No, I am very excited. I think he's... It, Indeed, from afar, one of the coolest people, you know, that's been in music. Not and just music. I mean, this guy played Silvio Dante. Right. I haven't even gotten to that right. part. I mean, how good he is acting and stuff, but which is no surprise. Oh, I was surprised. I couldn't believe how, how good he was playing Anthony Soprano's consigliere, Silvio Dante in The Sopranos. And then, if you're really a Stevie fan, which clearly you are as I am, he had his own show, Lillehammer, on Netflix. He was great in that. Right, which I've heard how good that is. You've told me. I've got to check that out for sure. Of he's the real he, deal, man. Yeah, anything he touches, he's he's just very, very it's talented. Great. I mean, his great. politics suck. Sometimes when he talks politics, I want to punch him across the face. He knows that. <laughs> you have to accept everybody. You know, that's you, it. What am I going to do? That's it. It's If everybody was the way we wanted them to be, how boring would it be? They'd be me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's and true. I'm not boring, but it would be boring if everybody was me, I guess. 
But, I guess. I don't know. But re, now back to the thing tonight. Yeah. It's a very, very big event for uh, the policeman's ball. Yeah, did you see? Uh, uh, actually, Stephen Van Zandt's partner is a guy I really like. His name is Kevin Schroeder. Retired detective Kevin Schroeder. Yeah, was I he talked, here last night? Look, talked to him last night. Tremendous guy. Really great. He's looking forward to tonight and seeing us. And he wanted to, me to remind you and say you could go and donate if you can to the policeman's ball. And, you know, and it goes it's the to the Detectives Endowment Association, the Widows and Children's Fund. You can go to littlesteven.com and do that. There's a link right below uh, the profile page. Littlesteven.com. .com. All righty. Hey, uh, talking about the cops tonight, too, if uh, you check out my morning video, which I do a couple of days a week, and it gets a lot of looks, a lot, on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. In fact, I compel all of you, if you're not following me yet, do it now. Follow me on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. Whenever I post on Instagram, automatically goes to my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg. And I'm wearing what I really love this morning. We've got this uh, terrific listener. There, there's really, we have a bunch of very, very solid, loyal, chronic listeners over the years. A bunch. Lynn Hort, one of those. Love her. Uh, guys like Anthony Barbarisi. Uh, of course, Ralph Napolitano and all these folks that have become great friends over the years. But two ladies in particular I need to name. One is Olga and the other is Patty. Patty was here a couple of months ago. She won some prize. And she came in with all these great T-shirts that I wear to the gym every day, bright colors with the American flag, and they say, Make America Number One Again, with sitting friends on the back, not Make America Great Again, because that would be stealing from Donald Trump. Can't do that. Right. So they made it Make America Number One Again. Very cool. The name of the, they look great. Then they came back a couple of months ago with the shirts I wear all the time now. In fact, they even wore one on Fox News when I was on Jesse Waters' show, which is New York Stands with Israel. And everybody loves those T-shirts. Well, today I am supporting a beautiful Army Green sweatshirt, NYPD, with the big badge right in front, the American flag draped on the side, and then a beautiful flag, very big, mind you, on the back of the sweatshirt. And as soon as I walked in, Lou was like, i got to get myself one of those. It looks great. Well, you can get them. Patty and Harry have their own website. It's at what a T, T-E-E T-shirt, at what a T, and all these shirts. Make America number one again. New York stands with Israel. This beautiful green NYPD sweatshirt I'm wearing today. I don't make a penny off of these, folks. Trust me, don't bother me. I don't make a penny. But this is a big-time loyal listener. She's a lovely lady. Her husband is a great guy. And they happen to make the nicest apparel I've seen in years. Fair to say? Here, here goes Sid again. He's here he got, goes again. He must be making big money. <laughs> he's getting a cut of this. No, folks. Why is he going no, about don't this? even bother coming down here and, and saying that to me because it just pisses me off. Oh, uh, we have great listeners, and they do great things for this city, this state, and this country. And uh, everybody in the studio wants this sweatshirt I'm wearing today. So there you have it. Very simple. That's simple. That's it. That's it. It just looks great. They do great stuff. They do. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. And we've got a great guest list about to come your way today on, once again, our second-to-last show of 2023, Curtis Sliwa. 
Judge Andrew Napolitano, Alan Dershowitz, Mike Lawler, and of course, what's a Thursday on WABC? What's a Thursday on Sid and Friends in the Morning without the great Bill O'Reilly? Folks, we are ready to go. We're going to kick some major ass Thursday morning. Sid and Friends in the Morning, exclusively on Talk Radio 77, W. ABC.
Duran Duran, come undone. And, you know, again, it is December, Christmas now, just four days away, which means we usher in 2024 in less than two weeks. And you folks remember it was about this time last year when all hell broke loose in my house. And we had pipes bursting everywhere, water everywhere. We, And, God, it wasn't... Um, a complete loss. It would have been, if not from my neighbor, Billy Felton, who happens to be a heroic firefighter who came in and shut off the water. And then my friend Lenny across the street, and I always pronounce his, his last name wrong, and his beautiful wife, Joan, gets very upset with me. I call him Siazo, Chiazo. It doesn't matter. Billy shut the water off. Lenny sent his guys over to fix the pipes. And with all that said, we still had six months of hell. You guys know that. I slept in hotels, two in particular, the Millennium Hotel, 44th and 2nd by the U.N. And then I spent a lot of time at a hotel, a Hilton on Park Avenue, right next to Wolfgang's on 33rd Street. And then I spent about four months in an apartment right on the water, lovely place at Gateway Plaza in Battery Park. And then I got home, I believe, June, maybe late May, I don't remember. But uh, throughout that stay, I remember we first left our house, and the first place we stayed was this hotel, Millennium Hotel, by the U.N., and Ava was in from college. And um, so me, Ava, Dan, and Gabe stayed in that hotel, and I remember it was New Year's Eve, and we went down for a drink, and Flavor Flav, clock and all. Was hanging out in the bar downstairs. <laughs> flavor, flavor. I took a picture. I'm like, oh my god, flavor. And then now uh, we're looking for something to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. So, uh, Rosenberg. So the guy that turned out to be my PA for the house is also a great cop. Great cop. And you met him, Lou. You met this guy, believe it or not, when you drove us to one of the rallies I did with Curtis Sliwa. Floyd Bennett Field. His yeah, name is Mike Butler. Mike, yeah, a very nice guy. Great guy. So he said to me, this is last year, he goes, hey, listen, if you want, you want to go see the ball drop? I go, Mike, I'm going to be 56 years old. I've lived in New York almost 40 of those 56 years outside my stay in Boca. I've never gone to see the ball drop. I have no desire. But then again, I was like four blocks away, stuck in the city, nothing else to do. So I asked my family, they're like, let's go. So we went. We got ourselves some yellow ponchos. Uh, ponchos. It was raining that night. And sure enough, the last band to perform in Times Square, right before the ball dropped at midnight, was Duran Duran. And they did that song, Come Undone. So that brings back a nice memory because Ava specifically loved it, my daughter. She loved it. She must have taken 5,000 selfies. <laughs> my daughter is like selfie, 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 snap, 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 talk, tick, selfie, tick. It's like, oh, my God, Ava, cool. how do you have time to get great uh, grades in law school? But that's her. So we did that last year. And last night, almost a year to the day, the four of us were together again in Brooklyn at the Knicks-Nets game. And that was fun. But tonight, no Ava, no Gabriel, just me and Danielle and Lou and MJ at the big policeman's ball. Now, tonight is also Bo Deedle's Christmas party. Bo's already sent me one message. 
Uh-oh. I better see you, you know. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean I don't love Bo. I love Bo. You know, but he gets he gets mad. He takes a, he tells it like he takes it like it's personal, you know. Right. If Bo was honoring me at his Christmas party tonight, I'd be there too, but he's not honoring me, you know. <laughs> I can't be late for this party. For Van Zandt's party. I don't think you can. No. <laughs> doesn't mean I love Van Zandt more than Bo. I don't. In fact, there's very few people I love in this world more than Bo Deedle. And I miss Bo. But she was still on the show, but he's not. That's fine. He, uh, he's busy. Bo's very busy. Got a lot going on. A lot going on. So it looks like we're going to try to make both, but um, it's going to be tough. Right, Lewis? Yeah, I think it's very tough. Are you going Thanks. back to Queens? No. Oh, so you're checking into a hotel here? Yeah, I'm staying in the city. Look I'm at staying, you. So. You're like a high roller now. No. MJ worked it out. Ritz? Thank God. Oh, very. <laughs> going to the Ritz in uh, Battery Park? Yeah. Where are you going? No. No? That's Well, that's a little too far away. I don't want to go down to Best Battery Western Park. Western around the corner right here? Somewhere. 130 bucks with the movies? Somewhere close. You know, <laughs> yeah. with the uh, rotating bed and the lights and the thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Yes. Well, I remember a couple of years ago. When we had that brutal snowstorm in February, it was bad. And uh Matidis was actually really generous. He really was. And he allowed all of us to stay in hotels, which was really nice. Me, Bernie, and a lot of the uh, the uh, staff here. But um, they had like two hotels. They're nice, like the 50 across the street. But I have to stay at the Palace because that's me, you know. So... <laughs> <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah. I can't. No, I'm sorry, I can't stay here. Yeah. I just well, this one's not 200 bucks a night. I'm sorry, but but um, I'll, I'll be happy to throw in the extra 300. But I'm staying at the palace. <laughs> that was fun. Those uh, those snowstorm days. Me and Bernie coming in. It was like I think it was like 26 inches of snow. It was nuts. Were you here? That you weren't I here. I wasn't then. here. Back. I wasn't back yet. No. Yeah. No. I, was, I guess Matt Meany was still the board up. I don't even remember. I don't know. How Two, two years ago? It was, um, no, it would have been the winter of 2020. Oh, okay. Much. So going on okay. three years, almost four years ago. Now it'll that be That massive storm. snowstorm. Right. May have been 2021, I forget. But I was still in the depths of uh, yes, another place. Yes, W-O-R. Yeah. Hell! Yeah, it was hell. The worst morning show in the history of radio. Two sweet guys. Very nice guys. Len Berman, Michael Riedel. Sweet guys. Maybe the worst combination of talent <laughs> in the history of radio. And uh, their .8s and .9s and all that reflect that. But, but Tom Cuddy doesn't care because, you know, they're Clear Channel, they're iHeart, and they got Elvis Duran, they got Jim Kerr, they got Sean Hannity. So what does he care if I destroy the morning show? And by the way, what that means is the rest of the day they can't catch up. So while the rest of our schedule boasts victories, that's all made possible by me. True. They can't come back. Nope. Even Simone, the great Mark Simone, who doesn't get my ratings, folks. Sorry, Mark. I know he's on vacation already for 2023. He don't get my ratings either. But even he can't bring it back. I had to take a break. Uh, He's not even no. beating Kill Me by much these days. I mean, he beats him at all. At I, all. I can show you different numbers. You know that those, those sometimes don't tell the whole story. There's sometimes, you know, they go up and they go, they dip. And then, you know, there's a surge. 
And it, like a know, Nikki Haley. Have you seen, yes, yeah, have you, yeah. you've heard about it. It's, no, I haven't heard about that's, it. No. That's, that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just the sentence police yeah. right now that you're. Uh, you got to love these guys uh, in radio. They, they, the ratings, they have their own system. See, when I used to work in Miami, there was a guy at my station, and his name was Neil Rogers. So let me give an example. WFAN, the greatest sports station in the history of sports. The reason why FAN had the amazing success they did was less about sports. Mike and the Mad Dog, the Mets, and more about, to be honest, Imus. So down in Florida, their FAN, if you will, WQAM, they had guys like Hank Goldberg. He was like the Francesa of Miami, a good friend of mine. He passed away. Jim Mandich, all these guys. But they had Neil Rogers in middays, who was like their Imus. Neil was the first gay uh, personality on radio. He was hilarious. In fact, when you hear that oi and all that stuff in our open, that's from Neil Rogers. I stole oi. it. Yes. That's Neil. Neil God. So he, um, he would go over the ratings for every show in South Florida every time they came out. Back then, they didn't have this new system we've got, which is dailies, weeklies. It's crazy. Back then, it was once a month. So once a month, he would go over every show's ratings. <laughs> Sounds compelling. It was compelling. You, you know, you say that it was awesome radio because much like Trump, he nicknamed every other show. So, for example, me and Scott Kaplan, he called us two live Jew instead of two live crew. Cool. So he had nicknames for right. every show, and then he would either compliment or savage that show, and he can do it because he was the Howard Stern slash Don Imus. Of South Florida. He was a genius. He also passed away, but he was a genius. And I found that to be great radio. So, you know, now we do a little bit of that here on this show. But when people say people don't care, you're wrong. You don't know what they care about. You got to get great ratings or good ratings to start saying what people care about. Can't be sitting there with a two weight and tell me what people care about. Does that make sense? It does. But how did he uh, judge Bill Handel? You know what I heard about Bill Handel? Somebody uh, texted me yesterday. Who was it? Uh, one of our uh, chronics that tuned into Handel just to find out who this guy is in Los Angeles that Jason Barrett had ranked over us. And the uh, the word was unlistenable. Now, look, again, these are our fans. They're loyal. They're supportive. Clearly, the guy's had some success. But he's 70-plus uh, years old. They hate his voice. And they said he's unlistenable. Okay. Well, but he beat us, so. Yeah. Well, you For know, that means. sometimes uh, the, the West Coast numbers are a lot, uh, <laughs> they're not as clear as the other East Coast numbers. You know, you're was was Simone here last night at this party? I did, no, didn't see him. Probably not allowed to come, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he's <laughs> out for dinner every night with John and Margot and me. He shows up at a lot of events anyway. All I events. can't imagine. Yeah, we do this uh, monthly men's dinner. Guys like Keith Cantrowitz, I love him. Paul Carlucci, Mark Oranger, Anthony Carone, and... Simone's at almost every one of them. In fact, we're doing one Tuesday night at Casa Cipriani, and I expect Simone to be there. Just shows up. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. He's got a jacket <laughs> and uh, a couple of bucks. He's actually loaded. And uh, and there he is, the great Mark Simone. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. 
Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankList.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built of boilers. Starting on the hardwood here where the Knicks have regained control of New York's NBA basketball rivalry. I didn't realize how many times in all they've launched to Brooklyn until I heard you this morning. Yeah. You've done a very good job today. Well, oh. Thank you. And we were there last Ooh. night, Danielle said, Ava and Gabe, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. Yes. Enjoying the action. We left with six minutes left. Well, why would you do that? Because the Knicks were up by 19, and I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank God I had Anthony Carone and Moe driving us back mm-hmm. to Rockaway, but we had a great time. Jimmy was the guy that hosted the sweet party last night. Very cool. And uh, they're all huge fans of the show. Really? Yeah. Wow. To a man, every one of them asks me, and I hate using this word, everybody, they go, is Justin retarded? I go, yes, he is. Well, listen, I mean, yeah. it's a pressing question, and yeah. people have been... People uh, want to know. People, yeah. people so have lived their whole lives searching for the answer. I said no. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even the great Oppenheimer knew the answer to that one. No. <laughs> what was that? What? <laughs> Come on. The guy who made the atomic bomb. Yeah. yeah. Justin knew him well. Yeah. I did. <laughs> With the, <laughs> the Knicks, they beat the Nets 121 to 102. Uh, that was over. Hoppin, you're doing it wrong, man. Let me show you. Yeah, you're doing it way wrong. You're doing it way wrong. The, you, 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 it's numbers away. Yeah. You need a hand? Or they're in Los Alamos? <laughs> 121 to 102 is your final out in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, again, once again, I should say that big upset last night in college basketball early on, but Seton Hall beat number five UConn. Last night by 15 Oh, my points. God. What? It's a huge upset. A huge upset? It's I didn't even not know. It's even I, Christmas. Well, here's, here you go. I didn't even know about it this morning. I mean, until I have to, to remind people that Rick Pitino was coaching St. John's. Yeah. They still think it's like Luke Cornaseca. Yeah. Or Mike Anderson. But it's still a big win. No, number, I'm happy. You know, I, I like the people. That, I mean, you know, they really screwed me over to Seton Hall. Yeah. Remember a couple of years ago? Yes. I was supposed to speak to the yes. student body, me I and Juliet Huddy. Yes. And they canceled me because I'm a conservative Republican. Oh, I thought it was because you were Jewish. No, it wasn't back then. Oh, no, I know. Actually, okay. Kingsborough Community <laughs> College, <laughs> Not that. where I got my associate's degree from, they wouldn't allow me to speak at the commencement because I'm Jewish. Because so CUNY's a bunch of anti-Semites and racists. Right. A couple but, years ago, it was a ridiculous idea. Now it's... Right. Well, Seton Hall just canceled me because uh, I'm a conservative guy at WABC. So they can suck the big one. Okay. Pirates. Wow. F. Joe Nolan, F. Oh, Seton Hall. All right. F. New Jersey, F. All of it. Well, I condemn this win last night over UConn. Nobody about cares that? about this win. I'll condemn Win it. this game in March, and then we'll start talking about it. We'll start protesting. What we'll happened to the game against Michigan when Ramil Robinson hit those two free throws 40 years ago? Uh, That's a game Seton Hall and P.J. Colissimo needed to win. Yeah! See what I'm saying? All right. Well, that seems to have taken a turn. <laughs> On the ice. Take last... that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not mentioning that again. On the ice last night, the Islanders were the only local squad in action, falling to the Capitals 3-2 to at overtime in D.C. Tonight we get Devils hockey to look forward to, uh, with New Jersey getting set to welcome in the Edmonton Oilers for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. And it is Thursday, which means Week 16 in the NFL kicks off tonight on Thursday Night Football. The New Orleans Saints visit the Rams in Los Angeles for an 8.15 p.m. kickoff, and L.A. heads in as four-point favorites there. That's sports. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best belt boilers and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, though life would still go on, believe me, the world could show nothing to me. So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you. Ah, the Beach Boys, something tells me. I know it's not Brian Wilson's birthday, Lewis, but it must be somebody's birthday, the Beach Boys. You're Maybe close. another Wilson. You're close. Who is it? Uh, Carl Wilson. Brian's brother? Yes. Is that what I wrote down? He's yeah. dead. <laughs> Carl Wilson. You ain't yes. celebrating today, the mother ever dead. Yeah, he's but, dead. But he's on this song, so. Yeah, he sings. Bill O'Reilly loves this song. He loves the Beach Boys. It's a great song. Hey, by the way, I'm uh, now I'm, uh, enjoying international fame today. Not only have I become the biggest and most important radio host in the country, mm-hmm. big-time actor, yeah. heading out to L.A. next month, going to shoot my next movie, and uh, shooting a movie in New York in Rockland County on January 4th, 5th, and 6th. So all this is going on, it's all great. But today I'm on the cover of the newspaper in Brazil. I swear to God. What? I'm on a magazine in Brazil. That's right. <laughs> no, I don't believe No, I want to see it. Yeah. I'm going to show it to you in two seconds. You remember when I went to that great event at Cipriani's, I met a young lady, Gisela Tavares, who was actually Miss Brazil and then represented Alaska, Miss Alaska, here when uh, they had the pageant in the United States. She's still a big star back home in Brazil, and they keep making these stories, writing these stories with her picture and Trump, because she was at the event where Trump spoke, and back in Brazil, Donald Trump is as big a folk hero as he is on this show and here. So she took a whole bunch of pictures that night, you know, with Andrew Giuliani and with um, Matt Gates and his beautiful wife Ginger and Lauren Bobert and all these people, and she took a picture with me. And uh, they keep running this picture in the Brazilian newspaper and the Brazilian magazines. I believe a magazine in New Jersey as well. So, oh, so it's not about you, but your your picture. Oh, it's it? all about me, bitch. Oh, right, uh, understandable. But, yeah, but, but but the contents of the article aren't. Don't worry about the contents of the article. <laughs> okay, I'm on the cover of the Brazilian newspaper. Okay, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, sir. No. When was the last time you were on the cover of a Brazilian newspaper? I was actually uh, a, a child model, believe it or not. I can see that you're a handsome guy. Oh, thanks. You're even handsome now, but you do your best to look terrible. I was in uh, a magazine, a popular magazine, when I was very little, a toddler. Yeah. Sounds, sounds vague. It sounds so gay. I like, just don't know. I don't like remember. It was boy's like, life or something. I don't know. It was like, <laughs> yeah. no, it was like. It me was, and my guy making a fire in the woods. No, it was like something related to the New York Times. It was like, does New York Times have well, a magazine? how do you know about this? Well, uh, how do I know about this? Yeah. Your mother told you. The pictures are hanging up all over my house. Oh, really? My parents' house, yeah. Ew, that's creepy. Well, it's not creepy, no. What are you wearing? <laughs> Just a bathing suit. Now you're making it. Just a bathing well, then suit. You're asking, you're, now you're asking what a toddler version of myself was wearing. Well, I'm just. Why would your parents put pictures of you as a baby in, in a magazine? 
uh, because I was... Because uh, you're getting paid. It was they a big deal. They exploited you. Yes. And this explains all of your psychological issues today. I certainly hope. They got paid. I, I don't know. Who knows? I would have ima- imagined that. Oh, but you're a good-looking kid. I can see that. Oh, thanks. Man. But you'll never, ever, ever be on the cover of a Brazilian magazine. I don't think so. Unless <laughs> you become friendly with Giselle. It's possible, I or, guess. I don't unless know. Unless I you know, move to Brazil and become a huge star there. Or, or he does something infamous. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. They really are. You just don't know. I want right. to see this picture right. of you. Right. That's what you I want to see, see it? No, no, I, I, I want have to I, have, it. I, have I ever, have I ever, have I ever yet said I'm doing something, I'm, I'm pictured somewhere, whatever it may be, where I didn't prove it to you and it wasn't true? Well, Has it happened yet? In, Never. In recent times, you are correct. Right. But, I'm not dating back to 2002 when uh, I lied all uh, the time. Uh, okay. Well, sorry. I'm My going. original stay with you on Imus, I think the biggest lie I made back then was I was a member of the Chelsea Piers. And I would work out there every day, me and my beautiful wife, Danielle. And uh, what's her name? She won the Academy Award. She was in A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. Beautiful girl. Uh, Big-time actress. Won the Academy Award. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't think of her name. I'm yeah, me either. Jennifer, maybe something. Connolly. Oh, yeah, Jennifer Connolly. So she would be at the gym. She was pregnant, actually. And a lot of famous people worked out at that gym back then, like uh, uh, Eric Stoltz. You had the guys from Law & Order. You had a few NBA players. It was a big deal. You know, still is. Uh, in fact, what's-his-name played ball there every Saturday? Joachim Noah, who ended okay. up going to Polly Pep and playing for the Knicks and the Bulls. So anyway, so I'd come into work, and I would say to Imus, I worked out with Jennifer Connolly yesterday. And then finally, after saying that for months, Imus asked me to define exactly what working out with was. Uh-huh. And I said, well... I was on one machine, and she was on the machine next to me. And he said, okay, great. He said, did you talk to her? I said, no, I was too scared. (laughs) He said, was there any interaction at all other than you were at the same gym next to each other at the same time? I said, no. He said, well, how did you work out with Jennifer Connolly? At that point, I felt like he had me, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. You worked out next to Jennifer. <laughs> I can't imagine. But I didn't say that, of course. Right. Yeah. You were scared. I but, can't imagine Yeah, I was nervous part. about okay. that. But okay. now okay. when I say I'm going to be with Trump, I'm going to be honored by Stephen Van Zandt, I'm going to be in a movie, it's all true. As, as you've seen. You, you see that. Now so. I, I've seen yeah. lots of evidence yeah. in recent times. Yes. yes. Recent. So they love me in Brazil. Who would have known? <laughs> hey, uh, Flippin, how long is Noam out for? Noam will actually be back tomorrow morning. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, you do such a tremendous job filling in for him. I mean, you're great. Both of you are great, but you're really great. So thank you for doing that today. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap up hour number one. You'll get more Jimmy Flippin' momentarily with the news. And then a big 7 o'clock hour about to come your way with Curtis Sliwa and Judge Andrew Napolitano. Don't forget, all leading up to Bill O'Reilly, Alan Dershowitz, and Mike Waller. It's a big Thursday show with me, Sid, and I'll be back right after this. Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. I can't speculate um, how we got to this level as many of the reviews, but I'm just going to stay focused on the mission. Uh, I have my legal team who's dealing with 
of cooperating with the review that's taking place. I need to stay focused and navigate the city out of the crisis that we're in. And you know what? I have one one tip that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, and that's my ability to uh, compartmentalize series of things that go on at one time. And um, I have a good team, and I'm going to continue to move forward. Focus. I, I must navigate us out of this crisis. <laughs> See, I was watching some, um, I'll get to Eric Adams' comments in a moment. That was Curtis slapping in the background, but watching some channel over the weekend, last weekend, and they were airing all these great Christmas movies, you know, like um, It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street and Rudolph and Frosty and all these great Christmas movies, and then came Die Hard. And if you remember the beginning of that great movie Die Hard, Bruce Willis, a.k.a. John McClane, is on his way over to the Nagataki building in Los Angeles, something like that, where they're about to take this thing over, this big terrorist attack, and he's in the back of a limo, and that song, Hollis Queens, Run DMC, comes on. And uh, that's one of those movies, once I start watching it, I can't stop. So, Lewis, before you get to Curtis, here is your $64,000 question. I'm ready. In the movie. Bruce Willis, again, a.k.a. John McClane. Yippee-yay, mother effer. He's married to an actress named Bonnie Bedelia. Oh, that's her name, right. Her name in the movie is Holly. And, of course, his name was McClane. So when he got to the building at the very beginning of the movie to meet her upstairs at the Christmas party, he punched in the name Holly McClane in the computer. And he was, uh, well, much to his chagrin, he found out that she didn't use that name. She was in L.A. He was in New York, I guess. And she was using her maiden name for $64,000. What was Holly's maiden name in Die Hard? I will have to say Jolly. Not a terrible guess. No, no, it's a terrible guess. Her name was Gennaro, Holly Gennaro. And some people actually rate Die Hard as one of the greatest Christmas movies. I mean, to me, it's a it's a uh, an action thriller. What Christmas movie? Yeah, there's a Christmas party it's, and they play Run DMC, but takes place in Christmas. Yeah, what was nuts. going on? Was she cheating on him? I forgot. Well, no. I don't know. You know, there was a guy in her office when he first went upstairs. He was doing coke on her table, and he bought her a watch. And he was the guy that uh, got shot right in the face when Willis was saying. Shut up, shut up, shut up. And he kept talking, and the guy shot him. So the uh, they led you to believe that she did, but they ended up back together at the end of the movie because that's Hollywood. In real life, she's uh, with 90 guys in Los Angeles. And <laughs> Anyway. Jolly. Really. <laughs> so Eric Adams with uh, Katz and Cosby yesterday. <laughs> Curtis again says, listen, we've got a big issue here. <laughs> but... Thank God for you people, our mayor, because I'm the guy that can navigate us out of this problem. 
clearly by your reaction, Curtis, you find that funny. Not only funny. I mean, look at this. Uh, of late, if you've noticed, WABC stands for always broadcasting Curtis, always broadcasting Katsimatidis, and that'll be true when you're away and some others are taking some vacation time in the next week. But it's always been always broadcasting Cuomo of late, unfortunately. Cuomo came on, I forget which one of the sto- uh, shows that he um, was a disaster on and said he's from Hollis, Queens. Wait, he was on again yesterday? No, no, no. Recently. No, he was from Jamaica by Donald Trump. Hollisswood. Right? Hollisswood. Oh, Hollisswood. Which is next to Jamaica States. It was a, uh, let's just say, a two-sewer shot with a spool dean and a stickball bat from Hollisswood into Jamaica State. But he likes to say I'm from Hollis. Let me tell you the most recent polling data that I revealed exclusively, as I always do on the Sid Rosenberg Show. If an election were held tomorrow in Hollis, Queens, predominantly African-American, right? You know who wins? If it's a hypothetical race between Andrew Evilized Cuomo and the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, proud black man, you know who wins? Cuomo easily. Two to one margin. This guy is a dismal failure, 28%. Even de Blasio never went down to 28%. And the difference is, you didn't mention it because he's still your friend, is that he's welcomed in all the migrants. We just lost 102,000 people in New York State, right? The mass exodus, it's worse than even California. And you know what the officials are going to do, the pivot and uh, a shift? Both Adams and Hochul are going to say, yeah, we lost 102,000 taxpayers, but we got 102,000 illegal aliens, most of them from Venezuela. How come when Biden was doing that prisoner swap to get the 10 Americans back, we didn't send back 40,000 yeah. Venezuelans who were here illegally? Well, two things about that. I think uh, Eric Adams did comment about sending back people, which is something you've been saying for a long time, and, and every person has said that. How do you fix the problem? Send them back. And Eric Adams keeps saying stupid things like, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh, that's bull. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have number 10 here, Lewis. Play Eric Adams, Lou Rufino. Play Eric Adams, cut number 10. Because I believe in this cut, he actually says, and who wants to hear this from a tough guy mayor? I'm not allowed to do that? What kind of pussy response is that? Yeah. Eric Adams, cut number 10. We got last week almost uh, 4,000 uh, migrants uh, that came to the city uh, last week. Send them back. We start getting 4,000 a week, 8,000 every two weeks, 16,000 a month. Just think about those numbers. We, we have to ensure that all of their basic needs are met by law. Uh, that is why we're in court now fighting about the right to shelter and people have often asked, well, Eric, why don't you stop the buses? Because we're not allowed to. What does that mean? That's we're not bull. allowed to. That's bull. Let me straighten that out. Chicago, right? Socialist mayor, friend of his, where the situation is just as desperate. They keep welcoming in illegal aliens by the busloads. They try to ship them out to the nearby suburbs in, in Cook County. You know what the nearby suburbs did? As soon as the buses rolled out of... Uh, State Street, downtown uh, Chicago, the Greyhound Station. As soon as they rolled in, they said, stay on the bus. You're going back to New York City. So what the hell is this? It's illegal. He's full of it. He says we're a sanctuary city. Where is it on paper? And he says our policy is to support open borders. This guy needs to grow a set. 
He's like a little boy lost in the supermarket looking for his mommy. Well, he did something yesterday that really pissed me off again. <laughs> so he's been yelling and screaming about the migrant crisis, and he yells and screams about the federal government. Eleanor, I hope you're listening. So my complaint has always been in up saying federal government. Change those two words for these. Instead of federal government, say Joe Biden. And his supporters tell me, well, you're clearly not listening because he has mentioned Biden. He has criticized Biden. I think he has, like once or twice. He said federal government a million times. So it comes out yesterday, he has criticized Biden. He knows Biden's open border is the reason why his mayoral run so far is a dismal failure. Worst ever. You can't have a worse second year, which is over in 10 days, than Adams has had, no matter what he tries to sell you. And yet, given the opportunity to say, F you, Biden, you're ruining my city. You're destroying my mayorship. It, it, given it, What does he say yesterday? He did a Dershowitz. Yes, he did a Dershowitz. He did a, a black right. Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz comes on, and he criticizes Joe Biden for 20 minutes. Every day. Every day. We'll be on on every program. Right. And then he goes, I'm supporting him. Eric Adams did the same thing yesterday. Instead of saying, the federal government, Joe Biden, they've screwed me. They've screwed you guys here in New York. You're holding me responsible. Not my fault. It's Biden. So you know what? And I'm going to repay Biden. I'm not going to support him. He could have done the same thing with Kathy Hochul. Yes. Once he ran for governor. Yes. But what does he do? Because at the end of the day, he's still a Democrat looking for power. With no strength, by the way. He supports these people, these animals, right away. By the way, if he goes to jail, as I predict, to the big house and chains and shackles for political corruption, the favorite to be the mayor in a special election will be the guy who whooped him in city council yesterday like there was no tomorrow. Who's that? Jumani Williams. Oh, I can't stand Jumani Williams. That? But the vote Look. came in 35-9. Now, I'm calculating. Wait a second, 35-9. So Eric Adams... Okay, there's six Republicans who voted uh, against this uh, thing for to eliminate solitary confinement and to force every encounter with a police officer. They got to write it down, right? So that's six Republicans. So three Democrats, Robert Holden, Yeager. Okay, that's the common sense caucus. So all Eric Adams could get was one other Democrat. He couldn't even get any of these other. He couldn't sit down with them and trade. You got a pet project in your area, let's sit down and negotiate. Because he's never in City Hall. He's out raising flags for Suriname, a country he can't even find on the map. I never even heard of it. Oh, exactly. That this was guy, the latest country? Yeah, Bowling Green, Suriname, Suriname. What the, are they, like 100 the, people from Suriname? Do they hate the Jews like Turkey does? No, no, there's not enough for them. I think that's <laughs> Dutch Guiana, right? But anyway, the point being is you're going to see a flag of the Palestinian people be hoisted on City Hall soon because Eric Adams, if he has a pair, will veto the legislation. And because of the supermajority in the city council of Democrats, they will override him. He can't get anything in Washington, not from Biden, not from Schumer, not from Gillibrand, not from Jeffries. He can't get anything from Carl Hasty, from Stuart Cousins, Hochul. He can't get anything from nobody. So what, what do you that? mean? You can get um, nice dinners in New York City. Oh, exactly, and-, exactly. and you didn't fulfill your promise to me. What? what you did not. not you what? said you were going to the Barclays Center last night with Anthony Caron and your lovely family. Anthony Caron, and uh, let me send a shout-out to Mo, 
who's a terrific guy and loves his show and loves you, for driving us all home last night. Okay, don't don't digress from this. All right, all right. Uh, you said you would hold up a picture of Eric Adams, yeah. and your lovely wife, Danielle, would hold up a picture of Gomez Adams <laughs> of the Adams family, no, 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 and you no. would ask the crowd, perfect focus group, mostly Jews, but a lot of African Americans, if an election were held tomorrow, who would you vote for? And the preponderance of the crowd would have voted for Gomez <laughs> Adams of the Adams family. Well, I never... But you didn't want to shame your friend Eric Adams. I never agreed to that, but I agree with you. I think they would vote for Gomez. It was also a perfect crowd last night. A lot of yarmulkes and gold teeth. And uh, it would have worked out well, but I didn't do it. <laughs> now, you see, you see, I, unfortunately, I couldn't go to the Christmas party last night. I was taking care of my lovely wife. What happened? What Nancy, happened? 104 fever, projectile vomiting. There's some kind of virus going around. This has nothing to do with why she was in the hospital a couple no, of months no, ago. No, no, no. That's because she was blind. I know that. See. I know that. This had nothing to do with that, but it is going around. So be careful out there, ladies. Maybe I'm... one of these uh, these uh, filthy felines you have in your house gave no. us some type of uh, no, horrible no, it's virus. No, cats. They, uh, quite a few people have it. You and... know, these cats, they lick their ass first, and then they lick your face. Yeah, excuse me. They're the cleanest animals out there, right? Not really. What about dogs? They sniff each other's tookers <laughs> out there, right? <laughs> well, I do the same thing, and I'm human. <laughs> I know that. You're probably in the hot tub with Anthony Caron, right? What's going I, on with in, you two guys? In, in a heartbeat, I go in a heartbeat. He's guys, a good-looking guy. Does Danielle, does Danielle give you permission to do that? <laughs> she you know? was there last night I with us. I understand that. But she I mean, loves Anthony, too. We I all love Anthony. That. But by Anthony the way, likes you, by the way. He I know claims he does. you guys are, you know, you're from I've Canarsie. known him for years. I've known him for years. Yes. Uh, his brother and his other brother. But I want to I give you credit for giving a shout-out to one of the greatest talk show hosts of all time, Neil Rogers. You love Neil, too? Neil, well, first off, look at where the guy came from. Rochester, he was in Batfia, he was in Canadovia. How how do you know all this stuff? Because the guy in 1976, while at the top of his game, down in southern Florida, Anita Bryant, remember, has a huge gathering in the Orange Bowl, denouncing gays and lesbians, which eventually she lost being the Tropicana spokesperson, he announced, he came out of the closet, and he says, Anita Bryden and the rest of you, I'm Neil Rogers. I'm a gay man. 1976, he put everything on the line, and people still listen to him. His ratings went up. Oh, they went up huge. 25, 54, he was phenomenal. He would be on top of those out the caucus like every day. Oh, the best. He'd be drilling the, the old the people best. You know, um, Actually, when Howard Stern... Can't believe you love Neil Rogers. God, I love you, Absolutely. Curtis. When Howard Stern moved to Sirius XM, and if you know about Howard Stern, he's got a whole channel, 24 hours a day. He had two channels. He has the one channel, 100, where he plays his show all day long. And then he had 101, and he had talent like Scott Farrell on that channel, yes. Bubba the Love Sponge. You know how hard Howard and Gary Delabate tried to convince Neil Rogers to leave South Florida? And work with Howard Stern. They adored him. You know, when he was at his best, I heard him, W-I-O-D, when I was organizing Guardian Angels in Florida. So you had Neil Rogers, followed by Phil Hendry when he did all those voices. Oh, my God. That's an orgasm right there. Show you how great, how great Neil Rogers was, cutting edge before everyone else. Uh, in his latter years, he did the show from Toronto. Yes. He did the show yes. for Southern... Well, he had, a point, he, had a, there, right? he had a point, I know there. that, but... It's, it's he, like a Jim McGreevy situation. He was <laughs> styling and profiling all right, but imagine you're in Florida and you're attacking elderly people. There are like nine elderly people for every one person who's 25, oh, yeah. 54. Yeah, but he would do it so cute because he would do it in Yiddish... 
you know, he yes. was not, he couldn't be vicious because he was gay, you know. So everybody he attacked, it came off like an old Jew just complaining, and it was funny. He was, I'm telling you, but when you talk ma- about the all-time greats, he's top ten. Talk about making your bones. Imagine you're doing radio in Batfia, uh, in Canadagia, in Sturgis, Michigan, and Kalamazoo. You end up in Florida. Anita Bryant is like calling out all gays and lesbians. They're ducking for cover in Fort Lauderdale. And down in Key West, they're hiding, right? Oh, my God. That's it. It's over for us. Neil Rogers, <laughs> number one in Southern Florida, comes out. Say, hey, Anita Bryan and the rest of you gay haters, you lesbian haters, I'm gay. What are you going to do about it, right? And they thought right away he'd be fired. His rating soared because he stood up to oppression. And that's what you have to do. That guy had a set. Now, it may have been different than my set or Sid's set. But he took a risk in 1976. And you and I said no. There were a lot of people in radio at that time who were gays or lesbians wouldn't dare come out of the closet. He took the risk so others could be free today to say who they are and not be afraid of retribution. Our salute to one of the greatest of all time, Neil Rogers. WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I believe it's at rush hour times, sir, that they are not open to marine traffic. Other than that, they are open to marine traffic. So, in other words, any schlep with a boat can come along and back up traffic for that two miles. That is absolutely correct, sir. Well, what kind of a communist bunch of crap is that? That is not a communist bunch of crap, sir. Sounds like you some kind of Neanderthal fascist commie pinko uh, you got conspiracy to me. Automobiles to one boat. Right, exactly. So the boat is going to stop for 5,000 cars? Is that it? No, I think that 50,000 cars ought to stop for one jackass in his boat. I think that's what they ought to do. Man, you better know your laws, mister, because you sure don't. That's right. I suppose you want the damn bridges closed to boat traffic and a hurricane, too. I want the bridges closed, period, okay? I want them closed. I want the bridge tender to go home and watch MTV and get the hell out of our lives. In other words, you I want like those boat, bridges closed. Let them use the Julia Tuttle, okay? You don't, Let them use the MacArthur Causeway. Like I think they ought to go on the George Washington Bridge and jump all the bridge tenders. How do you like that, sir? Well, I don't know about you, but you sound like some stupid, idiotic jerk. Merry Christmas. I mean, and that was Neil, you know, some some crazy bridge tender, you know, some guy calls in. Isn't that great? Isn't that great, Curtis? And uh, and a lot of you are going, what's so great about that? And if you're saying that, you're stupid. That's great radio. That's some random caller, and it sounds like a prepared bit. And only the greats can do that. It's one thing to sit down and write a bit. That's great. takes a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong takes more talent to be off the cuff. And uh, Neil was just terrific. So. He has a Bob Grant sound. Yes, he a, yes, he does. does. 
But that was the thing back then, you know. Those guys are gone, man. He used to uh, say the word that rhymes with bags that describes homosexuals. He he, he would uh, use that word uh, every segment. Nobody cared. Nobody got mad. Nobody. The gays couldn't care less. They loved Neil. But uh, we live in a different society now, and it sucks. There's nothing good about it. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Frank Morano will tell you, I love this country because pro-Palestinians can march down the streets. What are you, an idiot? I love it. The First Amendment, and I know Judge Knapp feels the same way, is just stupid. There's nothing good about that. Nothing. Nothing good about people getting pissed off every other turn about something. You, who cares? I couldn't care less. You want to make fun of Jewish people? Well, now I do because of October the 7th, obviously. But I never cared. I mean, don't get nuts. Don't give me those Holocaust jokes. I, I do draw the line there, but, you know, somebody said to me, you're cheap. I just don't care. It was a time nobody cared it was better. Bent over backwards to please everybody. I mean, this idiot governor, this low life is talking about reparations. Sure, go ahead. Give black people money for something horrible, and it was horrible, horrible, that happened 400 years ago. And then every other race, ethnicity, religion, creed, color, what about them? We've all been persecuted. I don't know. It seems to me like the Jews get their asses kicked a heck of a lot more than the blacks these days. Not just Israel, but in any given moment, any given time in Brooklyn. Now, I know we got some reparations back uh, after the Holocaust, but I believe those were the German Jews. What about me here? I'm offended. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm angry. What about the people who fought for the North yeah. in the Civil War? What about them? What about all those families sure. who died That's right. in the Civil War? Why not give them reparations? And let me get this straight. It's a good idea because Al Sharpton thinks so. I mean, has there ever been a worse human being in the history of the world? And you can include all of them. Uh, Hitler, I don't care who you include. Then this guy who preys on black people? who acts as if he cares, you got black people getting executed and murdered every week in Chicago. I've never heard Al Sharpton and the city of Chicago in the same sentence, not once, because nobody cares. He's got to get on TV. He's got to make a big deal about it with Joe and Mika, those two skanks, and inevitably make money. That's all Al Sharpton cares about is black people dying so he can make money. He doesn't care. Let me remind you about Tawana Brawley. Well, I'm just so sick of all of you. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. So I'm going to admit something to you right now, Lewis. I was a little annoyed at the Knicks-Nets game last night in Brooklyn. Yes. You know who this guy, uh, Travis Scott, is? Travis Scott. Yeah, big-time rapper. Rapper. And I know which guy now. Now I know you. Actor, about. rapper. Yep. In yep. fact, I think a couple of years ago he had a concert and like eight people died or something. I swear to God, it was that, uh, it was that controversial. So anyway, he was, um, he was in the crowd last night. 
in Brooklyn. Had a couple of actors. I never heard of these people, you know. But he got a uh, a lot of applause, so. Okay, right. And then I saw a lot of people standing in and around him, and then I started to count how many people stopped to take pictures and talk to me, and I think I lost. So. You mean compa- compared to him? To Travis Scott, Travis I think Scott. I lost. Okay. Yeah. Depressing. Okay. Back to your original point about how everything's terrible nowadays. Terrible. Inflation, high interest rates, World War Three right around the corner. And Sid Rosenberg gets outloved by Travis Scott. Yeah, that's up there. That's probably one or two. Shut up, Lou. Uh, two or three. My next guest is a mega superstar. He would never get outdone by Travis Scott, I'll tell you that. Fox Dad. News and Imus. And... Dad, why is he getting... <laughs> no, my know. daughter was the worst of them all. She was yelling and screaming, Ava, like Elvis walked in. You know, oh, More selfies. Yep, uh, more selfies, exactly right. His uh, podcast gets uh, one million viewers a day or something like that. I don't even know. But I love him. He's a great judge, Andrew Napolitano. Judge Knapp, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How are you, oh, brother? Thank you. Thank you. And in the spirit of the season, Merry Christmas to you. I'm going to make you feel better over this Travis uh, nonsense. Yeah. So I had to do some financial uh, transactions for my mother, who just turned 98. God bless her. And I was dealing with this uh, female broker that I didn't know at all. So I said to her, uh, do you need, and it was on the phone, do you need any ID? She says, no, I recognize your voice. I know who you are. I said, do you know my voice from Fox? She said, no. I said, do you know my voice from Newsmax? She said, no. I said, well, how do you know my voice? She said, because every Thursday morning, 7.45 in the morning, the whole office listens to you and sits. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, I won't tell you her name or the uh, brokerage, but Janet, we love you. Oh, uh, Janet. And I, I'll say this, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I, I hear stories like that, and of course it's great coming from a guy like you. You're a big deal. But I hear stories like that daily. Daily people, oh, Sid, 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 you're on Sid Show. And when you're great like you are, then uh, people, I told you, Joe Tacopina says this is his favorite segment of the week. He loves you. So let's get right to the law because Tacopina is listening. What they did in Colorado to Donald Trump, unconstitutional, un-American, clearly not illegal because they, um, you know, they, they went against him. But I have to believe that uh, heavily decent attorney were able to appeal this and get Donald Trump back on the ballot. What does Judge Knapp say? Well, I, I agree with everything you've said. Uh, this uh, undermines democracy when the central focus of an election is the opinion of judges rather than the opinion of voter, the collective opinion of voters. Uh, Donald Trump needs to hire some superstar who's familiar with arguments uh, in the Supreme Court. And I believe the Supreme Court will take this case and will overrule it if they don't. Then the election is over for Donald Trump, Sid, because uh, a dozen other states will do the same thing because, you know, they're the the intelligentsia on the left, which is a lot in the judiciary. Uh, they hate him and they'll do almost anything they can. Yeah, but, but be careful. With the, 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 when you say it's over, uh, he wasn't going to win Colorado anyway. He's not going to win New York anyway. So even if eight, nine, ten states jump on. Uh, he ain't going to win those states anyway. Well, They're all going to be blue they, states. If they, are, if they are battleground states like uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania. That won't happen. That won't happen. That, that will happen. That's why it is important yeah. for the Supreme Court, A, to yeah. set the record straight. Here are the standards for invalidation under the 14th Amendment for the presidency. Never happened in history, but here are the standards. A, you got to be charged with this crime of insurrection. He hasn't. 
B, you have to be convicted of the crime of insurrection. He can't be because they didn't engage in an insurrection. C, you have to decide that that invalidates uh, the candidacy. So uh, I think this is um, a a liberal judiciary trying to make a legacy for itself, but it's going to turn out just to be a footnote. And I believe that that the Supreme Court will, will invalidate this. So that the standard is the same in the U.S. rather than having 50 different standards, one mm. for each state, depending upon the whims of the justices in the highest courts of those states. Correct. I like what Steve Bannon said on this show just yesterday with me. He said, this is another one. It's another one like the indictments, like everything else the Democrats have tried to do over the last five or six months. This will backfire, too. And we already see a brand-new Fox poll came out this morning, brand-new, and he has lengthened his lead over DeSantis, Trump 52%, DeSantis 18%. This surge of Nikki Haley, which is complete nonsense, she's surging a couple of points in New Hampshire. That's it. She has no chance of winning. She's third at 16%. This is just Iowa, just the Iowa caucus. I mean, point being, no matter what happens here, no matter what they do, Colorado, Jack Smith, uh, Alvin Bragg, Letitia James, all these losers, Donald Trump, all he does is lengthen his lead. That, my friend, because, is what it makes America great. Because it, it further validates the uh, theory uh, that the intelligentsia, the elites, are trying to do everything they can to stop him, and and the base is going to do everything they can to support him. Uh, and and the more these things happen, the more the more slaps to his face he takes, the more judicial and legal actions against him, the more the base will rally and come out. And I predict that that base will grow as independent voters usually don't even vote in Republican primaries, but can in some states like New Hampshire. Uh, I think that independent voters will begin to see what's going on and they will be sending a message uh, to the uh, elites. Here's our guy, and there's not much you can do to stop him. This is a choice of the voters, not the judiciary. Tell me about the immunity case, though, because uh, that's in the news today as well. He's got Colorado, and then uh, he's trying to slow down uh, that case. I mean, we've never seen where a lower court hasn't made a decision yet, and Smith and these people want this thing to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, Another case here. Donald Trump moved before the trial judge in D.C., to dismiss the charges against them on the grounds that he is immune from prosecution for anything he does while sitting as president. I think that's wrong under the law because it already has been ruled on by Nixon. But I don't, on the Nixon cases, but I don't blame them for making that argument. I'd make the argument myself if I were his lawyers. The trial judge denied the motion. She wrote a 50-page opinion, uh, a, a pretty good opinion. Uh, Trump then appealed to the intermediate appellate court, Smith, Jack Smith, instead of responding to that appeal on the substance of it, said, I'm going to ask the Supreme Court to reach down into the intermediate appellate court and take it. One theory is it's going to end up in the Supreme Court anyway. No matter who wins in the appellate court, they're going to appeal it to the Supreme. So it might as well get there. The other theory is he wants this case to be tried before Election Day. He he wants to impair Donald Trump's ability uh, to be elected. He believes that Trump will be damaged either by the information that will come out of the trial or by an adverse verdict, if God forbid uh, he should be uh, convicted. So the Supreme Court on January 5th will decide, A, are we going to take it away from the appellate court? And there is precedent for this. And B, are we going to rule right away? If they say yes to both A and B, 
we'll have a decision on this by the end of January and the trial of Donald Trump on the January 6th events will take place as scheduled in March. If the Supreme Court says no, let it go back to the appellate court, well, then I don't know what the schedule is going to be. They have a procedure for fast-tracking it as well, and they've done that uh, in the past. Look, judges and justices read newspapers and, and, and the Internet. They know what's going on, uh, and they know that sometimes uh, you take your time and sometimes you roll quickly. There was news in the Steffi Epstein case uh, yesterday. They're going to release the names of 170 people on the quote-unquote client list, which some people tell me doesn't exist, and others say, well, if it does exist, it's the same names we've heard about already. No big shocks. You're going to hear Prince Andrew. You're going to hear Bill Clinton. Who knows, you know. Uh, But I was talking to Steve Bannon yesterday, and he said that there's a lot more. There's a lot more here. How the hell did Jeffrey Epstein, in the end, get access to all these dignitaries, all these big-time people? Then there were scientists and other folks he was involved with. And Bannon, like me, like me, is 100% convinced that with all the people he knew and all the information that was out there that the people could get hurt, that there's no way in a million years this guy killed himself. No way. I agree with Bannon. I've said that since day one, despite people like Bo Deedle telling me I'm wrong. What is your uh, opinion on the whole Jeffrey Epstein death? When I uh, was a trial judge in New Jersey, I tried many uh, murder cases and wrongful death cases and had the best coroners in the country testifying in my courtroom. The best of the best, in my opinion, is Michael Baden. And Dr. Baden is absolutely convinced and explained to me personally why he is convinced that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered in that jail cell. Oh, good. You agree with us. Uh, Yes, I'm 100 percent with you and 100 percent with Steve, uh, primarily because Dr. Baden performed a second autopsy on Jeffrey Epstein uh, and explained to me on air at Fox, as well as personally in private, how he is absolutely certain that Epstein was murdered. The Attorney General, uh, Bill Barr, uh, should be ashamed of himself for not pursuing this. The people that run the prison should be ashamed of himself. The two, the two security guards that were supposed to be prison guards that were supposed to be watching him that looked the other way. Right. But right. and, and by the way, they looked the other way, and then oh my God! All of a sudden, none of the uh, TV, the circuit TVs worked. And don't forget, Correct. there was that guy, Correct. that former cop, who's an animal. He's four. He's like two hundred and fifty pounds of twisted steel. This guy, and he tried Correct. to kill him a couple of weeks before. Correct. All of this happened in a matter of a couple of minutes. The uh, the uh, prison guards were suspended for six months. They got their jobs back. So this whole thing is a monumental and massive cover up. Look, I have no sympathy. For Jeffrey Epstein, his life was reprehensible, but he had the right to live and he had the right to be presumed innocent and he had the right to a trial. And the government's obligation when they arrest you is to protect you from other prisoners. You can say the same thing about George Floyd. He was a lowlife, a a, a lifelong criminal, arrested nine times, put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach. But he deserved to live, too. He was murdered by that Minneapolis cop. But neither guy should be honored or we honored George Floyd and you're right about Jeffrey Epstein. Last one, you know, it occurs to me as you're talking to me, and you've been a great judge in your lifetime, a great, great judge. When we talk about all the great things President Trump did in his first run, right? The economy here was great. There were no world wars. 
There was peace in the Middle East, the Abraham Accords. Putin was scared to death, did nothing, even though he went in to Crimea with Obama, then Ukraine with Biden. There was no talk of China, Taiwan. None of this happened. Now, yes, the last six months after the Chinese unleashed this deadly virus on us, things did not go great for Trump. But for the most part, for three and a half years, that was about as good a presidency as you'll ever see. And let's not forget, Judge, Neil Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, who the Democrats put through absolute hell. I think he did a pretty good job of picking three very solid Supreme Court justices. What about you? Well, you know, I was interviewed for the court twice by him. And at the end of the first interview, after I had described my ideal justice, he looked at me. Bannon was in the room, by the way. He looked at me and he goes, you're describing yourself. I said, no, I'm not. I'm describing Neil Gorsuch. He's your guy. Wow. He is the most faithful to the Constitution and to the primacy of individual liberty of any jurist I know. And he goes, that's it. It's going to Gorsuch. I'll talk to you next time around. Wow. <laughs> How about that? I know. So you really did play a very, very instrumental part in getting Gorsuch done, huh? Yes. I mean, he had, he's an easy sell because he's so bright and so faithful uh, to the Constitution uh, and so fair. Okay. Uh, but, yes, I did play a small role, and I was happy uh, happy to do so. Look, the president called me many times about many things, even before he was in the White House. Obviously, this conversation that I just described to you happened after he was elected, but before he was inaugurated. He knew he had the vacancy because Justice Scalia had died right. uh, 11 months uh, before, and, and the Senate wisely decided not to confirm yeah. Merrick Garland, President yeah. Obama's. Uh, yeah, by the way, talking about uh, Epstein being murdered, why was there a pillow by Scalia's face when he died? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't want to bring that up again. But you know, I, I called up Maureen Scalia when I, I called, and the two of us cried on the phone. And I said, why didn't you order an autopsy? <laughs> right. She said, I saw a picture of him in bed, and it was exactly the way he slept. Every night for all 60 years. Of well, there you have it. Okay, good. Because I can't, uh, there's too many theories out there about too many people. Yeah. There's so much I can handle, Judge. But on a serious note, I do want to thank you for being a major, and I mean this, a major part of this show's great success in 2023. You're a great friend, a terrific, terrific talent. And we look forward to another great year together in 2024. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and please send my best to your mom. I know she loves me. Oh, I will. She's listening now. And from the Napolitano family to Sid Rosenberg, the king of the Jews. (laughs) (laughs) Judge, you're great. I love you, pal. Thank you very much. Bill O'Reilly. By the way, O'Reilly's coming on my show next month. How about that? There you go. Bill O'Reilly does love you. All right. He's coming up, of course. Thank you, Judge. Uh, Later on this hour, Bill O'Reilly this hour, Alan Dershowitz. Talking about great constitutional law people, Alan Dershowitz and Mike Lawler coming up next hour. Keep it right in hour three. Sit on a Thursday.
Sid and Friends in the Morning. Former President Trump is vowing to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court after Colorado's high court ruled he is not eligible to be on the state's ballot because of his role in January 6th. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end, they're not after me. They're after you. The ruling is based on the 14th Amendment. It bars certain people from holding office if they engaged in insurrection or rebellion or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But the full wording of the amendment is under scrutiny because it does not specify the president. It only specifies certain elected officials and, quote, officers of the government. From an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies or let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And, uh... He seems to be doubling down on about everything. Meanwhile, Trump is urging the U.S. Supreme Court to not move too fast on the issue of presidential immunity in his federal election interference case. Yeah, so the Supreme Court is weighing whether or not to accommodate special counsel Jack Smith's request to basically rule on this issue before the U.S. Court of Appeals does in Washington, D.C., because that's where this appeal currently is set to be considered. Uh, there's oral arguments scheduled for the U.S. Court of Appeals here in D.C. Uh, for January 9th. But Trump is saying in his response to the court, take your time with this. There's no reason to rush something like this. He does have potentially some legal standing here when I talk to different legal experts about this, because it is very rare for the U.S. Supreme Court to ultimately take a case from a lower court that just simply has not decided this matter yet. So we'll ultimately wait to see if the justices take this up at all. And if they do, do they move fast or do they wait? We'll have to wait to see how it plays out. A major prisoner swap between the U.S. and Venezuela. Ten Americans, including several the U.S. considered wrongfully detained, were released from that South American country today in exchange for a close ally of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, a leader who himself is under U.S. indictment for narco-trafficking. As part of the deal, an American fugitive known as Fat Leonard, who fled the country Fat before Leonard. being sentenced for his role in the bribery and corruption case, will be sent back to the U.S. to face justice. The deal is one step in President Biden's latest efforts to improve relations with Maduro's Venezuela after offering sanctions relief this fall. That country is the source of the largest migrant crisis in the Western Hemisphere, directly right. impacting the U.S. border. This year, we're, we're honoring two people. We're honoring Ron Duguay, who I know is a good oh! friend of yours. And who else? Who else you honor besides Ron Duguay? Who's the second guy? The second guy, it's very important you show up because the second guy is going to be you. What? We're honoring, we're honoring Ron Duguay and Steve Rosenberg. No, you're not. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Come, Stevie, stop, stop. You being serious? <laughs> we're announcing it right now, live. It's Ron and you, baby. Come on. Yep. For yeah, real? Absolutely, because of your great support of the police, and we know that. Oh, my Everybody God. Everybody knows that. Oh, my God. And so this year, we're, uh, we're, we're honoring both of you guys. You're going to come, you know, it's going to be great. Juan Duguay's girlfriend is Sarah Palin, and I love Sarah Palin. So he says, hey, uh, Sid, by the way, Sarah wanted you to see this. She said that his take on Israel is right on. Using his influence for good in the matter is appreciated. He had balls to get out there early and voice support. He did not wait to see 
which way the winds were blowing. Instead, he helped direct the wind, Sarah. So I'm going to talk to Dukes here because I love Dukes, and he's my favorite Ranger ever, even ahead of Mark Messier. But I have a special place for his girlfriend, Sarah Palin, right about now. Doogie, what's going on, brother? Hey, good morning, Sid. Yeah, those were really kind words and accurate words from Sarah this morning because I'm talking to her. She's on her way to New York now. We're going to meet each other. She will be there at the ball. She's excited to see you. The screen door slams. Mary's dress waves. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me and I want you only. Don't turn me home again, I just can't face myself alone again. Don't run back inside, darling, you know just what I'm here for. So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Show a little faith, there's magic in the night. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Oh, and that's all right with me. You can hide your covers and study your pain. Because the lover's stories isn't around. Waste your summer Springsteen classic, Thunder Road. Of course, Little Stevie is on this one. Great album, Born to Run. Go to littlesteven.com. Is it Little Stevie? I'm sorry. It's Steven. It is littlesteven.com right now. And donate a couple of bucks to the cops. And uh, me and Lewis will be out there tonight at the beautiful Mandarin Hotel. My second consecutive year of going to this. Last year, they honored my good friend Frank Carone. This year, Stephen Van Zant, Kevin Shorter, and those terrific guys, all these top cops in New York City, will honor me and former Ranger great Ron Duguay, as you heard Stephen Van Zant say right here on the show. Yes, that's right, little Stevie. Silvio Dante from The Sopranos, a dear friend of mine, said that right here. Then you heard Ron Duguay on the show yesterday, then all the Donald Trump stuff, and then another deal with another country, a swap, this time with uh, Venezuela. And as you heard the reporter say at the very end, uh, the largest issue we've got with migrants coming from any other country is right there, Venezuela. So we've got a lot more great guests to come this morning. Bill O'Reilly, his last appearance of 2023. What a year it's been for O'Reilly and Rosenberg. 
dating back to our great night together in October at the Paramount Theater, Huntington, Long Island. Sold the damn place out. As many people came to watch us as they came to watch Boomer and Geo last Saturday at the same exact venue. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840, talking about the Constitution and Donald Trump. Nobody better, nobody to discuss that than Alan Dershowitz, the best Constitution attorney, I believe, in my lifetime. Alan Dershowitz, he'll be here at 915, and the great congressman out of Rockland County as uh, the Senate Congress all uh, desperate to get something done for Ukraine, for Israel, most importantly for the border. My friend Mike Lawler will join us coming up at 9.30. So a lot more to do on this Thursday morning. Three great guests and more fun and frivolity. First, Bruce Springsteen, wrap it up with a classic. Oh, this is a classic. Bruce Springsteen, Thunder Road. Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight Song. Mother Ramones. Are they all dead? I think Joey's dead, right? Are they all dead now? Joey's dead. Yeah. Uh, one of the other. Well, I got to tell you, I got to go on vacation soon. I'm sorry, though. I just, cut you off. <laughs> so you I just, just don't even care that much. Okay. I just don't yeah, care. You didn't care. I, I should know now <laughs> which ones are the really pertinent questions. I, second I miss a moment of the morning. Okay. They're all um, dead, okay? They're, they're all, all dead. Yeah, that's fine. They're with Rob. So, um,. I got to wear a tuxedo tonight to this. Uh, oh, I got to answer Mark Levin back. His wife had back surgery yesterday. I got, I, I'm like so riddled with ADD. It's just impossible to do anything these days. You want to talk about the Ramones? What's that? Oh, we did already. Okay. What happened to them? No. Oh, they're dead. No. All yeah. of them are alive. They well, I got this uh, text from uh, Levin. This huge public statement about the Israel-Hamas war after his wife got a back surgery. And uh, Ted Cruz and uh, all these guys signed it, which is great. And it basically tells the United States, stay out of it. Shut up. 
Don't worry about what Israel's doing. Just stay out of it and shut up. Because Biden now has become impossible. Well, then you get this uh, moron Chris Coons on Meet the Press telling everybody that Netanyahu is impossible. It's not Netanyahu. It's his war. It's us. So what was I talking about before that? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm getting fat. One of the uh, Ramones that died. They're all, oh, no, no. They're all I'm dead, sorry. yeah. I'm sorry. We're... Stop bringing them up. You're, making, you're confusing me. <laughs> it's kind so, of fun. <laughs> i got to put my tuck on later for this uh, unbelievable event. You're wearing a tux? What's a tuck? Yeah, I'm wearing a tuxedo. Tuck, tuck. Okay. Well, you know, I wore a tuxedo to the Cipriani's Republican event two weeks ago when I was hanging out with Trump. I would not wear a tuxedo tonight if they were honoring Frank Caron again or Ron Duguay, but being they're honoring me, then Danielle thought it would be a good idea to wear a tuxedo. Uh, that means I need a tie. Okay. Well, you can't wear your Ramones T-shirt. Um, no, I mean a, just a tie in addition well, to What are you going to wear anyway? A suit. Probably. Yeah. Well, whatever I have in the car. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't have a suit. <laughs> no, I don't. Some jacket that you wore to the, 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 the softball dinner at WFAN back in 2003 that you still have. Well, Ackerman pitched well that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure good, he did. Good day. Is Duguay wearing a tux? Yeah, what is he going to wear? Yeah, you should wear what he's wearing. He doesn't wear ties normally. No, 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 no. He has his own girlfriend, Sarah Palin, I, to I, take care I of him. I understand that. I've got Danielle. He's got Sarah Palin. Don't you think it would be a weird look if you're wearing a tuxedo and he's not? Why oh, would that be a weird look? I don't understand. I don't. Know. We're well, being honored they, separately. We're not. We're not. We're not uh, Siamese twins. But the, you know, he might be like. Just stay out of my fashion conversation. My God, look at you. He might, you know, he might. He might just want to know what you're wearing. All right, I'll text him and, and say it. Okay, fine. Okay. The problem is, I'm getting fat, and when I come into this damn studio every morning, there's always a party from the night before. And uh, Gristides and D'Agostinos are great. I love Joe Parisi. And you walk in, and there's always like a tray of like nine thousand chocolate chip cookies. And uh, I can stay away from booze and drugs, but I can't stay away from chocolate chip cookies. I just can't. Until well, no. they decide what happens to you when you take them, then they'll figure that out. I don't even care at that point. No. Nope. But then I can't button my pants tonight. And, and poor Anthony over at the garage, who I love dearly, him out now booed, but Anthony specifically dressing me for this one, he's got to keep coming back and take it to the Russian tailor to fix my pants. Why I had to describe him as a Russian tailor, I don't know, but he is Russian. So. <laughs> I think Asian Tim goes to him a lot, actually. Asian Teddy. Yeah. Teddy. That's Teddy. Rudy's Teddy. guy, yes. Teddy. Yeah, that's yeah. what I call Tim. Hey, listen, don't get at me. The liberal media does that stuff all the time, so don't get at me. If I describe somebody, I'm just I'm just playing along with everybody else, right? Descriptive, not pejorative. Correct. Except when there's a crime, and they don't tell you that the person was black. They don't, you know, they, you know, uh, they was dark-skinned. What does that mean? So am I. I went to Puerto Rico. Dark-skinned. They don't tell you that, do they? Hmm. No. Well... I don't know. My velvet tie, I, I like it, but it looked a little big on it. looked big. It was like a big tie, you know, so. Oh, like uh, wide. It was wide, yeah. Okay. But everybody loved it, but I. I, I... Find out what Ron's wearing. That's what I think you should do. Should do. Ron last year wore a, a green velvet jacket. He's going to look good no matter what. Right. He's a great-looking guy. The guy was doing Sassoon commercials. And he was a star for the Rangers. There's an idea. Where's the Sassoon you know, jeans? There was a three-year period. This is an actual statistic. And he was married to Kim Alexis, supermodel. Now he's with Palin. There was a three-year period. Was he really married to Kim Alexis? Yeah, for a long time. I can't remember. They played for me when I coached the Christopher Reeves, God rest his soul, the Christopher Reeves celebrity hockey game for the fan every year at the Garden. It was me against C-100. They had Cubby, they had Elvis. And every year I had Duguay and Kim play together. But like Gary Delabate and and, uh, Rick Moranis and Jason Priestley. They were married. 
But there was a three-year period when he was a ranger and he was not married. He was hanging out with people like Andy Warhol, where Ron Duguay had sex with every woman in New York. Everyone. Everyone. Did you know that? No, I've, I've heard it from you. He had 40 goals in 77 and 6,000 lays. That was the fourth column over, I think, on the <laughs> NHL.com, I yeah, think. Right. That was the one page six. Couldn't wait to print. That's why Herb Brooks got rid of him. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. You know how this goes, folks. He wants the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's weeknights at 9 p.m. right here on WABC or his own amazing website, the No Spin News, BillOReilly.com. Great interviews, great TV, great columns. He does it all. The Killing Series, Killing the Witches, the latest one. He's got a great, great Christmas deal. He'll tell you all about it with all those uh, 13 Killing Series books. And, of course, not that far removed from our historic night together at the Paramount Theater in Huntington. As far as I'm concerned, he's the best ever. He's my dear friend, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, good morning, buddy. How are you? You know, I'm delirious. Uh, at the WABC Christmas party last night, it was wild. I know you are at the basketball game. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> Vinny Menudo. <clears throat> Vinny was on fire. All right, Jay Black and the Americans, they need to never be heard from again because Vinny... <laughs> Caramia, and he hits the high note, Vinny. Oh and the best part was the room wasn't very big, so yeah. all the windows broke. <laughs> what a night, WABC Christmas party. Well, listen, I'm actually, I heard great things about it. I will tell you, I loved the party two years ago. I had a great time. But, yes, I did get tickets for the Knicks and the Nets, and me, Danielle, Ava, my daughter home from college, and Gabe all went together. Uh, but I, but you were there last night. That's a big deal, Bill O'Reilly in the building. Well, I'm I'm loyal to WABC, and and I understand. Um, I think as well as anybody, how what uh, John Casamkidis did is just about impossible. I mean, you take a radio station that was literally um, going out of business, and it was the second lowest radio station rated in the nation's largest market, and nobody listened to WABC. And he comes in, no media training at all, and uh, now no, you're number one in the morning, which is a colossal achievement. Don't You don't have to say anything, but it is. And those of us in the media who understand how difficult it is, because I did the same thing uh, at Fox News. I mean, I brought the Riley Factor to number one for 16 consecutive years. That's almost impossible to do. And what you've done is, is at that level. So the reason that WABC is authentic is because, one, Casamantini believes in freedom of speech. And he's not an ideologue in the sense that he's putting on the echo chamber. But you hear in a tremendous uh, variation of opinion. on. And number two, that it's an authentic radio station. So those of us who were born and raised in New York, we remember Big Dan Ingram and Cousin Brucey and all that. And we remember, you know, what a pleasure it was to have a station. And now it's back at that level. So uh, why wouldn't I go to the Christmas party? It was free pizza. And uh, it, was, it was excellent. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, they always put on a good party, too. John and Margot Katsimatidis and the whole crew, Chad Emily, they do a very, very nice job. They know how to party. So I'm with you. Uh, the great Bill O'Reilly here, you know, talking about uh, John Katsimatidis being a bastion of truth. And he is and allowing us to speak the truth, which is... As you just talked about, uh, welcome here in New York. 
Uh, it doesn't seem like the, the whole country is okay with that. And you have to believe that what we're seeing right now in Colorado with our mutual friend Donald Trump speaks to that. I mean, you got, you got to be kidding me. He wasn't even charged with insurrection. Correct. No insurrection. How was he possibly kept off the ballot? So uh, I want everybody to go and read my message of the day on BillOReilly.com. And I think the Politano cribbed it. Uh, this morning, uh, he didn't know. But, I mean, look, it is clear to any fair-minded person, and it is clear to those judges in Colorado, the four of them, that uh, ruled to throw Trump off the ballot, that his due process as an American, Donald Trump's, was violated. You you just can't, if you're a judge, say, oh, you're guilty and I'm going to punish you. I mean, that's not the system. Uh, the system is, if you are charged with a crime, then you are tried in front of a jury of your peers. By the way, that, 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 that's, that, that's true, except except for the uh, civil trial that Trump is going through right now in New York. Where that that's judge a different is, thing. Right, that's he's not a, a judge and jury. a criminal thing. Right. But if, if uh, Letitia James, the attorney general of New York, uh, filed an action against Trump and then said, he's guilty, I'm punishing him, because she can't do that. Nope. And, yeah. There's a hand-picked judge in there that's going to do her bidding. We all know that. And it'll probably be challenged on appeal. But in the Colorado case, these four – and people understand, I lived in Colorado for two years. When I was there, it was a traditional state. There were always the loons in Boulder and Aspen, Pitkin County, always. Okay? But Colorado was, was basically a traditional state. Now it's – a left-wing dominated state. And these seven judges, Supreme Court judges, are all appointed by far-left Democrats. So what do you think you're going to get? But they know what they did is illegal, unconstitutional, and the Supreme Court, is not, this isn't even a hard one. So that's what they're going to do. They'll appeal to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court will say, you can't do that. You don't have the power. You're violating uh, an American's due process rights. And Trump's going to stay on the ballot. And He's going to stay on about forever because the special counsel, Jack Smith, has not charged him with insurrection. You just can't make up a charge, which is what the four judges in Colorado did. But again, I'll go back to the fact they know that what they did. They don't care. Now they're going to get invited to every Christmas party in Boulder, this, that, and the other thing. But, but, why? Here's, but here's, why? But why? But why? I'm going to stop you for a second because... They know what they did, they and you're right. They know what they did. Right, and they're going to be invited to every Christmas party because right. they're going to come off as heroes. But let me explain something to the listening audience. The latest poll that came out today, I know you don't love polls, but it is what it is. The latest poll that came out today had Trump lengthening his lead over both DeSantis and Haley in Iowa and lengthening his lead over Joe Biden. So much like the indictments and the rest of the stuff Democrats are trying to do, this Colorado joke, all it did was once again make Trump stronger. Trump is is dressed like an elf down in Mar-a-Lago right now, prancing around a mansion. (laughs) This couldn't have given him a better Christmas present than this. I mean, come on. Because now, you know, he's been campaigning on, he's a victim. And we're losing the country. And you know what? This is a totalitarian ruling. This is what they do in Russia and Iran. This is what they do. They have a series of judges, no trial, no defense. And the judges go, uh, uh, you're in the gulag. Uh, we're putting you over here, 18 lashes. 
That's what they do in Russia and China and yeah. Iran. China, they don't even have judges. They don't even bother with it. Right. Whereas the government says, this is where you're going, and you're lucky we're not shooting you in the head. That's China. But in Russia and Iran, they dress it up a little bit. They got little judges there. But there's no trial. There's no evidence. There's no rights. There's no due process. And, you know, and that's why I'm pounding my head against the wall. If you read Killing the Witches, this all started in Salem in 1692. This is exactly what it was. A bunch of judges sitting there in a drafty building listening to a 12-year-old girl say, oh, Mr. Wilson wanted me to sign the devil's book. All right, guilty. Put a rope around his neck. That's exactly what Jeez. happened. Jeez. Wow. There's no difference. These four judges, but you can't, you're underestimating. The judges are not in it, these four. They're, number one, totalitarians. They don't believe in the Constitution at all, okay? But they're in it for their own self-aggrandizement. So they could strut around now, get free lift tickets at Vail. Oh, there's the judge that took Trump off the ballot. Hmm. You know, that's hmm. what they're in it for. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And uh, that is being evidenced all over the country that some of these people are living glorious lives because they do what they do to uh, Donald Trump. Now, Biden came out yesterday. He was asked about this in a uh, moment when he was awake. And uh, he said, look, I mean, it's right there, right in front of your eyes. Insurrection. What are you asking me for? Just look at the 14th yeah. Amendment. What? <laughs> Mr. Due Process, right? <laughs> hey, come on. Look, Hunter's getting due process, Joe. And if they can prove that you took money from Hunter or Jim, your brother, you'll get due process. You'll get, a, you know, okay, there'll be evidence presented, and then the jury will decide. Um, whether we should hang you from a tree. No, that's, that's wrong. I'm sorry. I, mean, I respect the office of the presidency. Biden drives me nuts. So 15,000 people on Wednesday cross into the United States illegally from Mexico. 15,000 15, in one day. 15,000 in one day. Right. All right? So put yourself down on that border. You're a border patrol agent. You're making maybe 75000 80000 a year. You got a line. You can't do anything. You got to just stand and just wave them on in. Where's Biden? Biden's in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, and he's not watching the Bucks. He's in Milwaukee <laughs> talking to the Chamber of Commerce. Meanwhile, fifteen thousand new people shouldn't be here that are going to cost every American taxpayer an enormous amount of money. And by the way, I, I hope the mayor Adams is listening right now. If you raise taxes to pay migrant bills, Mr. Mayor, you're done. You're through. Well, he's going to do that. What do you mean? He has well, to do he's that. Gonna, then he will be voted out next time. Of around. course. I mean, he's going to raise taxes, and he's also going to slash police in a well, city that's unsafe, fire, education. Do any of that. Yeah. Because if he does it, he's through. He's going to lose all respect of everybody who lives here. And they'll get another, you know, left. They'll be kind of a moderate left or whatever they do. But Eric Adams will destroy his political career if he does that. Well, he can always blame Biden, which he. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
I don't care who he no, plays. No, but, but, but I'm saying that facetiously because, first of all, he never says Biden's name. What he says is the federal government. Nobody cares about that. And then though. he comes out yesterday and he actually says, I'm supporting Biden in 2024, the same guy that's ruining his city. I know, I know. That just shows you. Um, how craven, another great word, C-R-A-V-E-N, <laughs> um, politicians can be. It doesn't matter what's happening to the folks. It doesn't matter what's happening to the city. I'm going to this is my party guy. I'm supporting him. Oh, my God. Uh, it really, come on. I mean, right now, you cannot be looking any prettier than Trump. And now, and now look, Bill, we, we've done this a long time. Right? Yeah, uh, but, but don't under, don't. Yeah. Um, overestimate his ability to screw it all. But how? What's he going to do? Get arrested? I don't know how. I don't know. But if it's Trump <laughs> and it's Monday, anything can happen. Well, you know, uh, there is some truth to that, but let's face it. He won in 2016. Win or lose, he amassed over 70 million votes in 2020. This guy does pretty good on election day. He does. Look, if he would just run on his record... I mean, I expect, you know, Trump to somehow derail Santa's sleigh over Delray Beach or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it just and, – and I I haven't talked to him in a while, but when I do, I just go, can't you just keep it in the four years? you got so many things that you accomplished <laughs> and nobody even knows it because you're making all these statements about mind confidence. What are yeah. you doing? I know. It gets a little carried away. Uh, so do you agree with Vivek Ramaswamy, who I can't stand, by the way. Maybe you like him. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, that uh, fat, stupid Chris Christie and Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and all these people should uh, get out of Colorado because they're doing to Trump is unfair. You want to beat him, but it's unfair. Vivek says every Republican candidate should get out now because of the doing to Trump. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, Ramaswamy did the right thing by saying, look, I'm not going to participate in a totalitarian election because that's what it is. That's why I just explained it. I think he did the right thing. But what's going to happen very quickly now after everybody gets uh, through the uh, celebration of Christmas and New Year's is uh, Iowa's going to come up. Trump's going to win historic by a historic margin in Iowa. And that'll mean that DeSantis drops out. If you look at the polling about the DeSantis supporters, their second choice most of the time is Trump. So he'll get all that DeSantis support, which will jack up his numbers even more. Then they go into New Hampshire. Well, let's stop it right not- there. So listen, I can't believe it's very important now. What he's doing right now, Bill O'Reilly, is very important. He is predicting the first caucus, of course, is Iowa, the first primary. And he's predicting Trump will win big, and he will. He's up 34 yeah. points in most polls. He's predicting Ron DeSantis will fold. He will fold he after that to. first state. Yeah, he can't. doesn't have enough money. And he's not going to spend his own money. He's got a family. So he doesn't have enough money to carry on after that. And he's camped out in, in Iowa, and this is, the, you know, his uh, little bighorn there. He either dies on the field or he, or he wins, and, and then he would have momentum, but he's not going to win. So then the DeSantis crew nationally comes over to Trump. That'll just heighten his numbers even more. They go to New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire is not a friendly state to Trump, and independent voters can vote in the Republican and Democratic primaries. That's very important. So Trump's not going to win there as big, and Haley will do well there. Haley, but he I will think, win. But he will win. Yes, I think he'll win, but he'll win by 10 points, 12 points. So it won't be any landslide. And that will bolster Haley. 
and and Haley will get another infusion of money. There's already uh, Republican billionaires financing her. You're going to have a lot of money. And that'll be a two-person race then. The others are all done, finished now. They know they're finished now. Okay, they're doing this for book contracts. They're doing it for lecture fees. They're doing it, you know, for down-the-road financial purposes. They hang in as long as they can. But after New Hampshire, it's goodnight. It's Trump-Haley. Uh, then Haley is going to appeal to women and, and, and try to get the independent voters. But most primaries don't allow independents to vote. And New Hampshire does. Just keep that in mind. And then after that second state in New Hampshire, being doing a very good job of predicting this race already, how many more states does Nikki Haley well, waste her time Well, for Nikki Haley is in her home state, South Carolina. Right. That's three. That's the third one, right? Right. Uh, and then uh, South Carolina is Trump country, MAGA country. Right, she's dead, dead. So I, but you don't, you can't underestimate her with all the money she has, and she does have an appeal to people who don't like Trump. Yeah, she's dead. Um, dead. So that'll be a key. And the final component of it is, as Trump starts to rack up the victories, the media will become more vitriolic. Yes. I don't even know how they could do that. They may, you know what I think they're going to do? I think on, on MSNBC they're going to have a bonfire with a dummy of Trump and, and set it on fire like they, yeah. they kill the witches in Europe. Yeah. That's what I think the next thing is yeah. um, because they're going to become crazed, yeah. these people. You, you, I know them all. They hate Donald Trump as much as they would hate someone like Jack the Ripper. I know. Okay? Yeah. I mean – that's the level of personal animus that these anchors, and all across the board, by the way, um, have toward him. And when they see him being successful, mm. it's Liz Cheney will not be able to get into sleep. <laughs> She'll be on every show 24 hours a day. I love it. Good. Yeah. Good. In the morning, there's Liz Cheney. Good. Bring them right. all on. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So I think WABC overnight, she's she's going to be uh, co-anchoring Liz Cheney. <laughs> like, anyway, um, so that's the likely scenario in the first part of 224. I want to wish... Uh, Every all the WABC uh, listeners have been very nice to me, and you know you were talking about earlier. Um, you got uh, out loved by some rapper in Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay, but come on. I mean, you got to look at the crew. So if, at the Paramount Theater, if that rapper were sitting there, nobody. You know, uh, that's a good point. Right. Uh, that's you a good point. With the crew is. Yes. Okay. So I'm walking to the. <clears throat> I actually I took the train in from Long Island to Grand Central to go to the party last night. WABC. Because you can't drive into New York City anymore. It's like uh, Escape from New York, Snake Plissken. In order to get in there, you have to have a little rocket that goes over uh, the East River and drops you. You can't get in there. No. Okay? So I take the train, and I get off the train with my bodyguard son, and we walk out to Lexington Avenue. And uh, all of a sudden, people are yelling, O'Reilly, O'Reilly, Love it. Love it. Right, because it's working people. Yep. They were going home from their jobs. Yep. Now, if I had been with you in uh, in Netville, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we might have got, you know, I get a little, you know, look yes. at that crew. I've seen you know? it. And once in a while, I get a little nod. I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. But it's where you are. And that's just the way of the world.
Yeah, you're right. Uh, but listen, we, uh, we've had a great year. You, uh, particularly have been uh, so great to me. Again, uh, above and beyond the ratings, and there's no segment uh, throughout the week on any show on this station that gets better ratings than our Wiley Rosenberg on Thursday mornings. But uh, the event uh, that you did for me in Long Island, what you do for Danielle and Ava and Gabe and my family, you're, you're a terrific guy, a really good friend. And I want to wish you and your beautiful family the merriest of Christmases, the happiest of New Years. And I can't wait to do more with Bill O'Reilly, my friend, in 2024. Thank you so much, Bill. All right, Sid. We really uh, enjoy being on your program. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will pick it up on January 4th. And, boy, it's going to kick into high gear. And the most important presidential election in our lifetime. I agree with that. November. I agree. I can't wait. Listen, have a great holiday. You're the absolute best, the best ever. Thank you, Bill. Okay, Sid. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. The great Bill O'Reilly right there. And, yes, he'll be back with me on January 4th of 2024. Run on over to BillOReilly.com. You can buy all 13 of his Killing Series books right now. One bundle. Christmas coming up in a couple of days, four days on Monday. It's a great Christmas gift. Alan Dershowitz and Mike Lawler still to come. In the morning. What you say? He's asking friends. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. The idea that judges are going to take it upon themselves to decide who can and can't be on the ballot is truly unthinkable. And I think the people of Colorado should be furious. I am going to defeat Donald Trump on my own. I don't need a judge to go take him off the ballot. I don't think he should be president. I think I should be president. I think our country would do a lot better if I was. But we should have this race fair and square with him on the ballot just like everybody else. And the idea that we would go and say, just because these liberal justices don't like him, they want to take him off the ballot, that's not a democracy. That's not who we are. That's not what we need to do. Brian Ferry, more than this. That's um, presidential hopeful Nikki Haley. I mean, 
She's right. Trump should be on the ballot in Colorado. And if she says one more time she's going to beat him, she should be in a crazy hospital. I mean, she just sounds ridiculous. Of course she's not going to beat him. Anywhere. Nowhere. Not Iowa, not New Hampshire, not South Carolina. Certainly not in the primary. But I guess when you're running, you got to say those types of things. You just sound stupid. <laughs> she's going to beat him. I'm going to be the next president. I mean, Dershowitz has a better chance. I have a better chance. No one's beating Trump. Not her, not Biden, nobody. But anyway, Alan Dershowitz is the best constitutional attorney in the history of the world. He's a genius. And even though um, I know his wife is not a very big fan of Trump, and I love his wife, I love her, right now Dershowitz has a rule. He won't uh, work with somebody twice. But when he sees what's happening in Colorado, he may even change that rule because this is really unconstitutional and, quite frankly, grotesque. So with that said, Alan, I implore you to call Trump today and represent them for a second time against your will because what's going on is exactly what you can't stand to watch. Is that fair to say? You're absolutely right. I mean, this is the worst constitutional law decision I've seen in the 60 years I've been practicing. Um, it violates the explicit terms of the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment says in Section 5, that Congress, and only Congress, not the state courts, not Colorado, only Congress has the right to enforce the provisions of the 14th Amendment. And yet the Colorado Supreme Court grabbed the case and decided to take them off the ballot. It's terrible. It's terrible, terrible. And I think the Supreme Court will reverse it. I think they'll grant the stay initially in early January, and they'll set the case for argument sometime probably in February. And by early March, we'll probably have uh, maybe a nine-to-nothing decision <laughs> striking down the uh, Colorado absurdity. Nine-to-nothing. And, you know, what I heard um, the last couple of days, uh, Alan, is, uh, you know, following suit now, there's a couple of other blue states, obviously blue states, maybe even New York, that they're going to try the same thing, knowing full well what you just said, that the Supreme Court won't allow this. It's un-American. It's unconstitutional. No one can do this. But they may follow suit anyway for a short-term pain for Trump. But what they don't understand is Trump's numbers went up again yesterday. Whatever they've nope. done, whatever they've done the last couple of months, arrests, indictments, civil trials, this nonsense in Colorado, all they're doing is building Trump's lead, Alan. There's no question about that. They also may try to go to some purple states states that uh, very likely would vote for Trump if he were on the ballot, but Democrats control the judiciary, and they might be able to get him stricken from, from, the, from the ballot. But you know what states will do? The Republicans will be smart. They'll say, we abolish the primary. No more primaries. We're now having caucuses, like in Iowa, and we'll nominate him by the caucus, but the Secretary of State will still refuse to put his name on the ballot, and then, you know, the cases obviously will go to the court. But I predict that his name will be on the ballot in every single state, and uh, th this will fail. This is Larry Tribe, my former colleague at Harvard, and Jamie Raskin, my former student at Harvard. This is their concoction. They believe that the Constitution is a toy to be played with and to be weaponized and to be used only to achieve partisan results that favor their party and their ideology. This is the worst example of constitutional abuse I've seen in 60 years.
Can you say this, and I don't care whether you like him or not, I mean, you, you know, for some reason you're still going to vote for Biden, but although, trust me, before November, I'm going to convince you differently. We just, just keep that quiet between you and I. Uh, but can you say, in all seriousness, based from just a legal aspect, you've represented Trump, you've watched what happened this year with these indictments and now this, that there's not been a man, maybe in the history of the country, I mean, Dillinger got indicted once, Capone got indicted once, you know, all these people, John Gotti once, has there ever been a man in this country persecuted more, Mr. Dershowitz, than Donald Trump? The only one who comes close is Roy Cohen, who was uh, Donald Trump's mentor. When uh, the Kennedys got elected, uh, Bobby Kennedy said his goal was to get Roy Cohen. And they went after him in every possible way, state, federal, bar associations, and ultimately, they got him. I testified for him in the character committee at the end because I thought they were being bullies. You know, I was not a big supporter of Roy Cohen. But I go where I think the unfairness is. And so why I wrote my book, Get Trump, was because there's never been a political figure that has been so attacked in so many different ways than Donald Trump. Uh, it's just outrageous. And they don't stop. They're going to keep going, and they're going to increase it. And it's it's and, and of course you can get a conviction in the District of Columbia where ninety five percent of the people hate Trump, or in New York where seventy something percent of the people hate him. You can get convictions, but prosecutors are supposed to be using discretion and not going after people based on political considerations. That's what they're doing, and this is election interference. The goal is it's failing, but the goal is to get down and dirty convictions before the election, influence centrist voters, independent voters, and then the convictions will be reversed after the election when right. it's too late to influence the election. That's their plot. Right. That ain't going to work. Alan Dershowitz, uh, what's the matter? You got a cold, buddy? You sound I great. I got a cold. My yeah. wife had a cold. Yeah. And, of course, I love her so much that I'm going to get her cold. So <laughs> yeah. I got her cold, yeah. and uh, now she's getting better, and hope I'll get better. No, you'll be fine. You sound great. I mean, the content is amazing, and you're, you're brilliant, and I, love, I could have you on every day, all day. So I just want you to feel better. I want to ask you about this immunity case, though, because yes. that's popping up at the same exact time, this Jack Smith immunity deal. What's the deal with that? Well, um, Smith wants to have the Supreme Court decide the case and bypass the Court of Appeals, which isn't fair to Donald Trump either, because he's entitled to have two appeals, one to the circuit court and the other to the Supreme Court. But uh, Jack Smith wants to get this case done, and he wants a conviction, and he wants it to be bulletproof. So he's trying to uh, expedite the decision. But Trump, I think cleverly, said, no, no, let's go in the usual way. You know, people, the judge says, you're not above the law. You're just like anyone else. But Smith says, no, you're not like anyone else. You're the president right. running for president. And so we have to get your case expedited. So is he above the law or isn't he above the law? You know, the judge says no. The prosecutor says yes. And the answer is, of course, everybody has to comply with the law, but the law is flexible. And uh, I don't think the Supreme Court will uh, dismiss the entire case based on immunity, but it might dismiss part of a case. Final 60 seconds. So we had three people on the show the last two days, Alan Dershowitz, Steve Bannon yesterday, Sid Rosenberg both days, I hosted, and uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano earlier this morning. Three brilliant minds. I think you'd agree, Alan, not as smart as you, but brilliant minds. And all three of us agree to this, 
a case you're very, very familiar with because you, talking about treated wrongly, treated unjustly, came up with this case, in this case, and thank God you proved something we all knew, which is Gufroy lied. But we all agree that Jeffrey Epstein was 1,000% murdered. There's no way in a million years you can convince us he killed himself. Even one of the most famous pathologists in the country who did the autopsy, or I should say read it, read it, read it, read it, said that there's no way based on his injuries that was suicide. Are we all crazy? What do you think? I think he would have liked to commit suicide because he's a hedonist, and I don't think he could bear the fact of staying in jail. On the other hand, he had a chance of getting out on bail. He had a very, very good lawyer. So I don't think we'll ever know if he committed suicide or if he was murdered. If he was murdered, I have to figure out how they got to him. And who was who was motivated to murder him? Everybody. Uh, that's the question. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody, would, nobody would believe anything he said. Right. So, you know, where are all the bodies buried? Now they're going to be releasing all the names of all the people who are associated. I'm thrilled with that from day one. I wanted everything yeah. released because I, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. And the woman has now acknowledged that yes. she may have uh, mistaken me for somebody else. So, <laughs> Uh, I'm happy for having all the papers released. I actually want more released because some are still being suppressed. I want the public to see everything. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, listen, um, I want to thank you. Uh, 2023, you and I became what I think are really good friends, and your lovely wife and your son's terrific, and my wife, Danielle. Your your wife is fantastic. Thank you. She loves you. My daughter loves you, too. That documentary was great. That dinner we had. In fact, she wanted to invite you guys, you, your wife, and your son, uh, Christmas Eve, we're Jewish, so we don't care, over to uh, Peter Luger and have dinner together if you're not under the weather. But at any rate, thank you for a marvelous 2023. If I see you, great. If I don't, happy new year, and please come back often again in 2024. Alan, you're terrific. Right. I will do that. Happy new year, Merry Christmas, and please have good holidays. And may next year be better for the American people, the Jewish people, Israel, and world peace. Well said, especially the final part with Israel and world peace. We love you, Alan Dershowitz. That's a great man right there. Terrific attorney and even better person, Alan Dershowitz. She'll break more of Sid on a Thursday. Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
So the movie, Less Than Zero, love that movie, Robert Downey Jr., he plays, um, what's the name of his character again? fine, upstanding individual. But at the time, that was actually his real life. Who knew that? But yeah. uh, His name is... Julian? Julian. Because Julian. I can remember James Spader. Yes, he was a drug That's how you do it. Yeah, James Spader. Julian, I've heard this before. <laughs> why, why, should I, uh, why should I think yeah. anything's going to be different? Very now? good. That was exactly what he said. Yeah. A very I, thin James Spader, not the guy that spent right. the last couple of the last decade in that show. What's the name of that show? It does very well. He's fat now, but the show does great. Uh... Blacks, um, come on, it's a huge show. Well, I he was on the Law Show a long time. No, 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 I come know, on. The, is it Blacklist? Blacklist. Blacklist. Yes. Yes. Big and fat. But oh, the yeah, show's, yeah. He, yes. He's, he's like the consultant. He's to, the star. Yeah. I know, to the police. Yes. Who are going after yes. other serial killers. Correct. He's, he's that loony. Correct. He's, he was a serial killer. I think something like that. That's exactly how it goes. Right. But he That's was right. great as a drug dealer. And then you had uh, a young Andrew McCarthy. And, yes. Uh, and I love the girl in that movie. A very, very young and beautiful. Or Jamie Gertz. Oh, Jamie Gertz. Do you know who that it was or you were just waiting for me? You knew it. Oh, Jamie. of course I knew it was Jamie okay. Gertz. Sure. Right. Okay. That's, that's one of my favorite movies ever. And I remember thinking, my God, what a great actor Robert Downey Jr. was. And then it was like Howard Stern in private parts. He played himself. Just, that's all. He was just wandering around drunk yeah. and coked high, up. High, coked up. Yeah, that was him. Whatever. But that's He's, where the song came from. That's yeah, well, what you were well, well, well the song was, was written way before that. That's yeah. a remake. It's, uh, do you know? Yeah, um, that was Susanna Hoffs and um, the, the, bang- the Bangles. Right. But the original version was done by oh. Slim Pickens. Um, you're so close. Yeah. You're way in another <laughs> hemisphere. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, that's right. I did know that. In <laughs> fact, you know how I knew that? Over the summer, NBC did a tribute to Paul Simon, and they had all these entertainers do his music. In fact, right. they had the Jonas Brothers do The Boxer. And they had uh, Susanna Hoffs right. sing that song. Man, have you seen her recently? Oh, Susanna? Yeah. She looks great. She go to her She's inst- exactly the same. She'll go to her Instagram page. She looks better. I know. She looks she great. Looks, but she doesn't have that silly 80s look. Right. That stupid she, hair she, is gone. She she shows off one dress in an Instagram thing yeah. that she's had for 25 years and yeah. still looks you gotta amazing. Calm, you got to calm down, bro. Okay. okay. Right. Well, you got a long night in a hotel with I, MJ ahead of you. Can I play back some of your No, I'd rather you did. No, about, thank you. All right. Well, <laughs> stand by. Now, listen. I was, I'm a big fan of Susanna Hoffs. I think she was... I think part of the reason why the Bengals, and I like that band a lot, don't get me wrong, but part of the reason why they were so successful was because she was cute. No kidding. Really no kidding. cute. But talented, too. Because, Very talented, Because yes. now she plays with a lot of musicians. Yeah. It's still in tours. I know. No, but she's you don't great. hear about the other ones, and I, I hope, I think all three of them are okay, but I don't know about that. Did Robert Downey Jr. retire? No, he's doing Iron Man. No, no, Iron Man's dad, he died. It's over. That, that whole, that whole uh, series, I think, is over. Even... Even in the Marvel comics, um, Marvel comics, they don't use him anymore, I don't think. He just had a huge role in Oppenheimer. Oh, that's right, Oppenheimer. Very good, Justin. Very good. Okay. Danielle says the Mamas and the Papas also sang that song. Is that right? She may be right. I don't know. She could be. But yeah, I, I think I'm, she is. I'm almost positive to Simon. I still think he's a tremendous actor. I love Robert Downey Jr. Of course, yeah, uh, his best role ever may have been as Rodney Dangerfield's son's friend in Back to School. You remember that role? And 
That was probably his worst. Yeah, he was Robert in that movie. Jr. Was in, he played okay. the rocker who was like staying in the dorm room when uh, Dangerfield's kid went to that school where Dangerfield and Burt Young went to visit him and they watched Oingo Boingo. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the band that performed when he went nuts. Oingo Boingo. Okay, gotta love the 80s. He, uh, he was, I guess the Chaplin thing made him a superstar, but I know I'm missing a ton of movies. He's a great actor and a very handsome guy, Robert Downey Jr. So. Well, okay, you got to calm down. You got a long night. All right, calm, calm down. Okay? I, I get it. You, you, right. Okay, you see? Tough <laughs> guy? Ah, right. Ah, right. Oh, yeah, I went on about one person. Well, who's better looking, Susanna Hoffs as a female? Hold on. Or okay. Robert Downey Jr. as a guy? I'm going to have to look at films and get back to you on that. That's <laughs> okay, a very tough that. call. Let's see how he looks in a dress. Well, we'll ask Mike Lawler the same question. We could ask Lawler the, the, the stuff everybody else asks him. You know, Ukraine, Israel. Uh, you're going to impeach Biden. Uh, is Hunter going to prison? Or we can ask some questions like that. Right. So. First question should be: Who's better looking, Susanna Hobbs or Hobbs? Downey? Which, who, who, who were you in the? Uh, who, who did you love in the Bangles? Did you love <laughs> Susanna Hobbs? Did you love uh, Vicky Peterson? Who was? No one even knows who Vicky Peterson is. Well, that's my point. Now I know Vicky could... Paladino, though. Okay, well, that's ask, close. Ask her that. Ask, ask him, him that. that. Okay. About her. Okay. And... Sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Some more Wilson stuff. Not Brian. I guess his brother, he passed away. His birthday today. It's not Luke Wilson. What's his name? Carl. Carl Wilson, that's right. Little Beach Boys classic. But I want to spend a couple of minutes with New York Congressman out of Rockland County, Mike Lawler. Lawler, first of all, thank you for uh, 2023. You know, going back to the day where you met me at Joe and Joe Restaurant up there in, um, I guess it's Nanuet or Spring Valley. I don't know. Um, well, that's right. But then you were great that day and all year on this show, all year, even when we fought about that stupid picture you took with um, Jamal Bowman, you, um, you've you been great. And I think you're a great congressman. And I want to thank you for 2023 and hope you're back often in 2024. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on uh, throughout the course of the year. I've really enjoyed the opportunity. So thank you for all that you do. For New York and uh, and help get the message out there. Thank you. I know you're sincere about that. I appreciate that. I do want to get to what you guys are doing. Uh, I think you're finally on recess. I don't know. Some of you are still going back to work and trying to figure things out. Uh, Ukraine, Israel, border. And I do agree. Uh, I hated Lindsey Graham's appearance on Meet the Press on Sunday. I hated it because he talked about that ridiculous two-state solution. But I do agree from a domestic standpoint that before certainly Ukraine, to me, they're way down the list. But even before Israel, money's got to go here, the border, fix the United States. Where are you guys in that process? Well, let, let me just start by saying Susanna Hoffs, uh, for sure. Uh, but... <laughs> Nicely done, Mike Lawler. Very good. But, Very good. Uh, and, and I would just note, when the Bengals had their big hit, Manic Monday, it was 1986, and that was the year I was born. Look so, at this! Uh, but, <clears throat> that being said... Also, the uh, year the Mets uh, won the World Series, the last time they won the World Series. Yeah, they suck. I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> okay, screw um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was a vendor at Yankee Stadium, by the way, when I was in college. It was uh, probably okay. the best job I've had. That is a good but, job. Um, Look, we need to secure our border. This is an absolute calamity. You have 14,000 migrants crossing the border the other day. Joe Biden has been absolutely disgraceful uh, in handling this crisis. And Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader from New York, 
has done absolutely nothing. House Republicans passed H.R. 2 back on May 12th. May 12th, over 225 days later, these jackasses have done absolutely nothing to secure our border. And it is it has impacted communities all across our southern border and here in New York State. Eric Adams has talked tirelessly about how this is destroying the city. It is crushing its budget. They're talking about cutting police and fire services. It is shameful. Uh, this isn't that complicated, by the way. My wife is an immigrant. This is not about being against immigration. This is about making sure that we have a process that works. Right. We need immigrants in this country. They huh. enrich our community, our culture, our economy. But you have to have a process. When you have a shortage of doctors, of nurses, of engineers, we should be having a more merit-based immigration system that fills our economic needs, number one. Number two, you have to deal with the probably at this point, over 20 million people who are here undocumented. Uh, and, and most importantly, and most urgently, you have to secure the border. You need more border personnel. You need more court personnel. You need physical barrier. And you need to use technology, including drones, to stop this massive influx of not only migrants, but drugs. Last year, 70,000 Americans died from fentanyl overdose. Most of the fentanyl is coming from our southern border. It is absolutely an abomination to our nation that this has been allowed to happen. I want to make sure we get aid to Israel. I do support aid to Ukraine. I know we can disagree on that. Yeah, I don't. But, yeah. the, bottom, but the bottom line here is that this needs to get done, and the yeah. Senate needs to get serious about negotiating on the border, or it's not going to happen. This is why you got to vote for Mike Lawler when he runs again, folks. I know they're trying to screw him with this redistricting. They're going to try to hurt him. They're going to try to hurt my friend Mike here and Mark Malinaro and Nicole Maliotakis. But uh, this is a man of uh, common sense and great values, and you hear him on the show all the time. And just now he made a whole bunch of sense. Let's get to uh, the president's son holding him in contempt and all that after his uh, embarrassing performance. He purposely went to the Senate side last week. Why? Because he, I mean, I guess he could have been legally arrested on the House side and refused to uh, do the depot with you folks. So where are we with uh, Hunter Biden? Where's that moving to? Look, I voted for impeachment inquiry uh, for one reason. $24 million transferred the hands from Chinese, Russian, Romanian, and Ukrainian businesses and oligarchs to Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, Biden family members, and business associates. You left out Joe Biden. Five million of that came from China, went through a uh, shell company controlled by Hunter and Jim Biden. Of that, 400,000 was transferred to a shell company controlled by Jim and Sarah Biden. And then you had a $50,000 cash withdrawal and a a deposit into Jim and Sarah Biden's personal checking account. And then a $40,000 check paid to Joe Biden. Ah! That alone, to me, uh, was more than sufficient to move forward with the investigation. Is it sufficient for impeachment? No. Is it sufficient to continue uh, asking questions and getting documents? Yes. The White House refused to cooperate with multiple congressional subpoenas. Hunter Biden has been charged with nine felony counts and, and misdemeanors from Joe Biden's own Department of Justice on, on tax fraud and evasion on many of these transactions. So to me, the idea when people say, oh, there's no evidence, nothing to warrant this investigation, that's bull. That's total bull. And absolutely, there should be questions. The American people deserve the facts and the evidence. 
And that will determine what, if any, next steps there are. Lolo, you're great. I, I really do want to thank you. I want to get you on today on purpose. I'm trying to bring on everybody this week as I'm off to 2024 that helped make this show the juggernaut it's become today. You're one of those people. So thank you very much for hopping on for a couple of minutes. Continued success. And we'll talk again in 2024. Merry Christmas. Thank, thank you, Sid. Happy New Year, and I'll talk to you soon. There he is, Mike Waller, congressman out of Rockland County, one of my favorite people. I love him and D'Esposito. Those are my two guys, Waller and Despo. Love those guys. We, uh, we're done, folks. We are down to one. Lewis and I heading out to the Mandarin Hotel tonight. I'm so happy Lou and MJ are coming. Stephen Van Zandt's annual policeman's ball, where tonight they're going to honor former Ranger great, my dear friend Ron Duguay. He's bringing Sarah Palin. And believe it or not, me. It's a huge, huge honor. We're all excited about it. we got that night coming up tonight. Then we'll be back tomorrow for our very last show until January 2nd of 2024. No, until a Friday show at 6 from all of us at Sid and Friends in the morning to all of you. 